Today on Gamerhead Radio, it's episode number two of three of our E3 2015 coverage. This is the news. Gamerhead Radio starts now. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Gamerhead Radio. Thank you for tuning in. This is our E3 News Roundup. Uh, in this episode, it's not going to be our normal format. We're basically just going to be uh, going through each of the major press conferences and just uh, touching on uh, and reviewing most of their bullet points. Uh, so for this episode, I am Charlie Technotronicorn Worthley. Candy Mountain, Charlie. I am Jonathan Santiago, a.k.a. Fallon Flynn. We're oh. for villains! Come on! And to my right, I've got Goat chair who um is is empty except for his pants for some reason he left his his fancy pants behind uh as that's awfully kind of him leave it to goat to go on a national tour with warp tour and leave his pants at home classy well, guy i mean he's probably wearing shorts he probably doesn't need his pants good man um, smart man so uh so so yeah um goat is off on the road and he uh he will be gone for the next several weeks um but uh, once we get out of the e3 madness uh, there will be some uh, various co-hosts filling his uh, filling his well, well I won't say filling his shoes, um, but uh, but uh, uh, occupying his microphone space. I'll put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> keep your seat warm, episodes. goat. And before we get started with the news, want to thank Arcade Brewing for sponsoring our E3 uh, ep- trilogy of episodes this year. Uh, Arcade Brewing is a Chicago-based brewery uh, brewing some delicious beers. We'll talk a little bit more about them later. But for right now, uh, John. So what uh, what happened with Sony? Um, a lot of good stuff. Um, we're we're not. For those of you who followed E3 closely this weekend, we're not going to be uh, breaking down all the announcements for the news in the order in which the press conferences were uh, presented. We're just uh, breaking these down in no special order. Lots of good stuff with Sony. Um, You know, right out of the gate, we're just going to go ahead and get this out of the way now and say that uh, arguably Sony crushed... uh, crushed the uh, the event this weekend you know they, they had a lot of surprises in store and uh just to give you guys a rundown of what it was that they uh they did we're not going to do a frame by frame breakdown of the conferences but just give you a general idea of what was announced instead as sort of a uh raging list of news bullet points um so they started out the gameplay conference with a, uh, a demonstration for last guardian which not only surprised everybody but made everybody mad excited it just looked unreal i can't even explain it to you I was, I believe, the only person hopeful that Last Guardian was actually going to show up this year, I think. You and I both, if you listen to the uh, predictions episode, uh, you and I both said that we were hopeful for that. I think everybody else has kind of given up on it at this point. No longer. Uh, Yeah, good news is is, uh, Fumito Ueda is saying that it's going to be released in 2016. A uh, a new trailer for Street Fighter V, which which debuted uh, Cammy and Birdie as part of the roster, both of which were... uh, were, um, shown and playable at uh, at their booth which everybody said was kind of funny for the most part kind of cool there were some neat things in there um a uh hello games gave a, a breathtaking demonstration of no man's sky i was so wrong in the predictions episode <laughs> and i'm so glad they proved me wrong because it was it was beautiful um just the breadth of it is impressive um they showed a little bit of the space combat which was not shown before and um gave you an idea of the scale which you also saw Scale is putting it likely. I mean, I, I can't even. There, there are not words. I mean, it is literally a playable universe. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Hello, games. You are tiny gods. <laughs> <laughs> uh, John pointed this out to me too. When you guys, uh, if you haven't seen it yet, or if you have seen it, go back and think about it. Uh, when you look at this trailer, just keep in mind 
four, count them, four human beings are responsible for what you're seeing. Yeah. Tiny little independent studio. I, 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 I can't, I can't yeah. wrap my head around it. Nope. I'm telling you, they, they found an algorithm for something that they're, they know something that everybody in the gaming universe hasn't figured out. They are sitting on the gaming E equals MC squared <laughs> that people haven't gotten to yet. It may revolutionize some stuff. As long as it doesn't turn into Ultron, we'll be okay. Mm, uh, well, time's going to tell on that, Charlie. <laughs> Um, Media Molecule, uh, you know, who everybody knows for Little Big Planet, came up to give uh, information on a brand spanking new IP called Dreams. I don't know how to explain this to you unless you see it. Um, it's almost like painting something okay. in the most insane, like almost somewhere between watercolor and oil painty looking uh, game engine I've ever seen. I've never seen anything like it. And then you can animate it and turn it into... They weren't clear on what you can turn it into. Movies? Games? Not sure. They were very vague. So it's just kind of like a sandbox? Like it's... Uh, presumably. Um, it's, um, it, it's just... In, it looks crazy. You're um, almost making it sound like... I mean, we wanted Mario Paint to come back. It almost sounds like that. But current gen. <laughs> um, like, <laughs> like, like Stephen Hawking paints Mario Paint with his mind. Maybe. Oh, like that crazy, you... smart looking, very intelligent. And had people feeling a little intimidated because maybe it could possibly uh, require some level of artistic skill. Um, I draw, draw like a five-year-old. So, uh, But it looked amazing. Check it out. Um, there was a, uh, a game called Firewatch announced as well. Um, this is another uh, new IP. It looked really entertaining. Um, they didn't show much for it, but it looked cool. Um, they talked about the new Destiny expansion called The Taken King, uh, which uh, there's still some scarce details on it, uh, but based on what little they talked about in terms of content, sounds disgustingly overpriced it's a $40 expansion um yeah I mean everybody said the last one was good and really pumped the game up and helped it a lot and improved it in a lot of ways but I'm I'm dubious when have we ever seen a $40 expansion before I don't ever think that's happened not not unless it was standalone I mean yeah or or like like a like I think like the World of Warcraft expansions cost that much but yeah but they put enough content in there to justify those yeah I, I'm not going to say anything about this until, unless or until I try it, but I, I was not sold. They're, they're doing uh, Devolver Digital uh, uh, indie titles. This is a, a bundle of indie titles that's being developed by Devolver Digital. They didn't talk much about it. They showcased it briefly and moved on. Sony also uh, announced that they're going to be adding a female um, protagonist to playable female protagonist to the new Assassin's Creed. Um, the recently announced character for uh, primary character for the game, Jacob Fry. His sister, Evie Fry, will be playable, and she looks to be quite ferocious. I'm sure a lot of the... Uh, Backlash. <laughs> Ubisoft doesn't put women in their games. Dissenters uh, that spoke up about it uh, last year and the year before will will probably be at least to some degree satiated because she looks fantastic and very, very angry. I noticed a theme across the, these press conferences. A lot of female protagonists. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's I think that's going to be something that we see a lot more in the next couple of years. And then I'm hoping there's a balance. Yeah. To all right it, now I think is know? the knee jerk reaction yep. and, and the overcompensation, yep, yep. but and, it's still uh, not bad. No, it's, it's, it's a good, it's a good thing. I yeah. just, I don't want it to get milked. You know what I yep. mean? Yeah. I have a feeling we're going to talk a lot more about it as we, uh, as we come up here. Yeah. Um, they, they, uh, they also showed off a, a cinematic trailer for Batman Arkham Knight that, uh, Shows the first few moments of uh, the game coming up. Um, Activision did do a reveal for Call of Duty Black Ops 3's uh, co-op campaign and uh, multiplayer trailer. Um, they, of course, said multiplayer, or they said PS4 users are going to be getting exclusive map packs and access to online betas, you know. So uh, one of the few, like, exclusive, like, DLC, like, 
prods of the entire weekend, so not or the entire week, so not bad. Yeah, and and, and a related piece of not exactly E three news, but in related to uh to um uh, Arkham Knight, um we we just learned before we started recording that uh, uh, they have decided to cancel the special edition of Arkham Knight, uh, the the one that you may have seen that is like two hundred dollars, I think, that comes with yeah. like the, uh, the 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 Batmobile statue and like a whole bunch of other stuff. Apparently, they were having problems with the construction of the statue, and um, as opposed to uh, replacing it or just removing it from the pack, um, they just des- decided to just cancel the collector's edition altogether, completely. And um, as of the recording of this episode, that's six days before the release of the game. Yeah, so that's disheartening. To say the least, um, apparently, um, if you did order it, of course you'll get a refund. Um, to which then you can take and um, if you if you are not too pissed off about it, um, go and take and uh, you know move your pre order over to one of the uh, one of the other editions. I know there's the regular. I don't know if there's a middle ground special edition like a like an aluminum uh, like a steel case or anything like that. I'm not sure. But uh, but um, and then um, if you uh, did have a, a pre order canceled on you, apparently you get a new 52 skin pack. Hooray for you! And the option to refund it, as Charlie said. But right. I, you know. Well, you get a refund anyway. You look at it. Yeah. It's just a matter of whether or not you take some of that and put it back towards another edition. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's uh, disheartening. Especially, um, I believe your brother is going to be disappointed. Yes, he will be. He was one of the one of the people that ordered it, and uh, when I break the news to him, he will weep. Um, moving on, uh, John Vignocchi appeared on the uh, the Sony stage to show a new trailer for Disney Disney Infinity 3.0 edition, which is uh, basically their their update to it, which adds Star Wars characters to the roster, and they're saying it's going to launch this fall. So uh, that's a that's a boon if you're in Disney Infinity person. I think it's pretty cool that they're going to be getting Star Wars characters in there. And if you're a parent of Disney Infinity owners, I'm sorry. Yes, tragically sorry. Um, Dice debuted uh, the new gameplay, the heavily anticipated gameplay trailer for Star Wars Battlefront, uh, which showed a survival mode, which is like a uh, uh, a four player co op thing where you work together to to battle off waves of enemy. Not a lot of information given about it. You have to complete objectives while you're battling the waves off, so it's not just like you know horde mode. Um, they also showed a five-minute uh, multiplayer uh, demo from multiple angles on a Hoth-like planet. I've watched it like four times. <laughs> it, I just... It's pretty. It's beautiful, man. Yeah. DICE is really impressing with this, and everybody was really stoked to see it. So I predict it's going to be huge. Yeah. Um, that is supposed to be out uh, this year as well, if I recall correctly. And then uh, Naughty Dog revealed a, a new gameplay trailer for Uncharted 4, um, A Thief's End. It was uh, stunning. It's exa- you know, the funny thing is, is it looks exactly like what an Uncharted game should look like in the next generation. It looked okay. like Uncharted, sounded like Uncharted, felt like Uncharted. Just the leap forward. Okay. Um, I am one of those people that adores that series. I think it was a nearly flawless series. It had some problems with the writing. Great stuff. Can't wait. Can't wait. The the demo for it was insanely action packed and exactly what you would want from a an announcement with a. Mm, action for Uncharted. Michelle will be excited to hear that. Um, I'm sure that she will scrutinize his uh, high-resolution butt cheeks <laughs> through his jeans uh, for many, many days to come. <laughs> Business as usual in the Worthley household. Um, yeah, I'm just used to it at this point. It's good. You're secure. You're secure. That's true. Because he's not fucking real. <laughs> <laughs> Um, they did announce a bunch of new stuff during the course of uh, the, the conference. So uh, Killzone Studio Guerrilla Games announced a new IP called Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, we've kind of poked fun a little bit at Killzone. People on the show poke fun at Killzone. Um, this game looks outstanding. It looks, it's basically 
post-apocalypse uh, Neanderthals, like cave people in the post-apocalypse, fighting off giant, like, robotic dinosaurs. It's insane looking. And it was, the scale was impressive, the combat, the graphics, everything about it looked really cool, man. Very neat looking idea, kind of open world looking sort of game. What you've just described doesn't sound anything like any other Killzone game. It does not. It sounds like drugs is what it sounds like. <laughs> Lots of drugs. Um, but uh, it sounds it sounds great. You know, uh, the check out the video. I recommend it. It was one of those things that kind of pleasantly uh, surprised me and I think a bunch of people at the show. Um, um, they uh, There was a slight trailer reveal for, um, you know, the, the previously announced uh, Hitman game. Um, just simply titled Hitman. They're not doing anything fancy with it. Um, they're going to put it out on other platforms, but it's going to have, of course, exclusive content for the PlayStation 4. Now, this was what they showed before the Square Enix press conference. So they didn't show nearly as much for this event, but it was just kind of up there for, so that people understood that it would have exclusive PS4 stuff. Um, Square Enix... Um, Square Enix really made people insane. Um, when they <laughs> When they stunned everybody by finally... Announcing the Final Fantasy VII remake. I now hang on, just in case people have not heard this yet, let's give them a, a second to either finish screaming or groaning, depending on your outlook on the situation. A goat is in California, and I can hear him groaning or or <laughs> neighing or nagging or whatever the hell it is goats do. This is one of the most polarizing games I have ever come across. Like, y- y- there's y- you know the phrase "you either love it or you hate it." Mm-hmm. Um, take that in both directions times like a million with this because people are either so freaking insane excited yeah. about this game mm-hmm. or they can't they or, or they would nearly chop off one of their limbs to get people to stop talking about it i like to think in the annals of of the short period of time that i have been a part of this this outfit that i have shown myself on this show to be a fairly open-minded person in terms of other people's opinions and perspectives and um you know walking a mile in other people's shoes I will stand by that, but I will say this before I move on about Final Fantasy VII, the original one. You say that you either love it or you hate it. That is generally fairly true for most things, but I'm going to say with this particular game, not the Final Fantasy series as a whole, with this particular game, you either love it or you don't understand it. Okay. Because you were either either you weren't there when it was important and relevant and you weren't there to see how it revolutionized things or you just missed the boat and you don't care or you just don't like JRPGs. Yeah. I mean, there's a number of reasons, but my general feeling is, is you either love it or you don't get it. Not, you know, I mean, I know people that hate it, but you know, um, anyways, the final fantasy seven remake happened before it got too far into the trailer. I started seeing things that looked vaguely familiar I told Megan, my, my lady was sitting right next to me, and I was like, no fucking way. They're doing it. And she's like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I was just like, they're doing it. <laughs> and I'm running around the house like a lunatic at this point, And I'm like, shut up. Nobody's saying anything. I'm telling nobody to shut up, by the way. <laughs> I'm like, shut up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> and then there's one musical cue that starts from Advent Children. Do. Not that part, but I got to that part. I heard the piano part, this little piano cue that's from Advent Children. And then there's a a little string cue that starts up at the very beginning of the game with the... Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I I made that series of sounds before it happened, and I'm Megan gave me the same look that that Richard Dreyfuss's wife gave him in in Close Encounters of the Third Kind (laughs) when he was making fucking... I made this noise, and she looked at me like I was crazy, and then when they did it, 
I started screaming like a little girl. <laughs> I I'm I almost 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 strapped one of my son's diapers on because I was about to piss myself. <laughs> I didn't do it. I instead just cheered as quietly as possible as not to wake up my son. But man, I haven't been that excited in a long time. I'll share thoughts on that more, but I just had to get my piece in on that. I'll um I'll, I will say that um uh, I did get chills watching the trailer. Um, uh, super 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 exciting. Um, now uh, I I'll I'll save commentary on this for our next episode. But briefly, um, two related things to this is one thing is that I saw a quote somebody say, and I, I'm I'm I, this has been on my mind. Um, I saw a quote from somebody. I, I I can't I can't remember who it was for the life of me, but um, they basically said that the main reason why Final Fantasy VII is so important to the gamers that it's important to is a big part of it is the game, but another part of it is just because of like the the role that it played and the the the, the landmark that it was in video gaming. Yeah. You know, being the first, you know, being the first game that was even anything kind of even close to anything like that. I mean, like it was such a landmark milestone yeah. that um, that a lot of people's uh, you know um, excitement over it is somewhat about the game but more so just about like that nostalgia factor we could do an entire episode on just this topic yeah between the two of us i know that goat would absolutely strangle both of us but <laughs> my thought to i concur with you on that if if final fantasy 6 was the game in that series that revel that that solidified squaresoft then squaresoft's ability to tell a a really moving, very deep story. Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy Seven. Everybody out there who enjoys a cinematic game experience, everybody who enjoys uh, um, sweeping, moving musical arrangements in your video games, everybody who enjoys the 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 lack of condescension that goes into hurting and killing important people in your game. You have Final Fantasy VII to thank for that because Final Fantasy VII, what people who who don't remember it, who weren't there to share in the fervor of it in that moment, don't remember about that game is that game is the game that legitimized cinematic storytelling and solidified cinematic storytelling for video games at that time. Nobody did it nearly as well before and nobody did it as well for years after. I'll agree with that. So moving on. The uh, the the other briefly the other uh, little blurb about uh, related to this was that um, they they've already pretty much said um, things are going to be different. They're not just simply going to, you know, I mean, like uh, saying that they're putting like a fresh coat of paint on it is is putting it ridiculously lightly. How could I mean, it stay the same? Well, the, it, the conversation, the 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 writing for the time was top notch, peak of its of its time. Sure, not very you can't have them speak that's like that's like trying to fill a comic book movie with the the three word blurbs that you have to squeeze into a comic bubble sure you can't do that i completely agree with you i'm just waiting for the the fanboy fangirl backlash about all the little stupid things. as long as they don't do to it what they did to advent children i'm fine with it as long as they're respectful with where it comes from and everything if everything important and relevant that went into that game makes it into this and they add to that. That's fine. As long as they're not ridiculous or disrespectful for me personally, I'll agree with that sentiment. Anyways, uh, moving on, be right back. I'm going to go ahead and wash the taste of uh, final fantasy's penis out of my mouth. (laughs) 
Um, Sony announces the launch of a Kickstarter for Shinway 3, which also, I did say Shinway, mind you. For the record, That's, people at home, I know what it is. Uh, it's not the point. I'm a man of principle. And for the record, in case you're just joining us, oh, that's Shenmue. Uh, John just prefers to pronounce it. I actually Shenmue. don't prefer to pronounce it that way. Oh, it's, it's an it's a matter of principle. Ryan just threw point. something. You no, know that, he's right. look. It's already gone too far. He's he's. <laughs> there are blueprints, schematics, drawn up to torture me. Medieval torture devices. I well, guarantee. all right. Um, so thank you for saying it for me, Charlie. Uh, they they uh, Kickstarter. It, I mean. Nobody expected that. That came entirely out of left field um, and stunned a lot of people. Um, it should be noted that this game had a $2 million Kickstarter goal and reached its goal in less than 10 hours, setting a new Kickstarter record. Stunning. Stunning. I think the last thing to raise money that quickly was um, Exploding Kittens. Yep. Um, the card game. Good from, job, uh, yep. Yu Suzuki. Congratulations to you. Can't wait to see how it turns out. I can't wait to see how realistic the forklifts look. Oh, I, I <laughs> mm, I'm so excited. Um, they, they, and then finally on a less exciting note, they announced uh, a, a few more details about their cloud-based TV service, uh, PlayStation view. Um, they're going to be rolling it out in Los Angeles and San Francisco. Um, users can subscribe to individual channels instead of having to subscribe to multi-channel packages. Um, PlayStation Plus members are also going to be able to get discounted rates for sort of, quote, subscribing to this package. There's more information and details on it online. You can look it up. It uh, it doesn't really pique my interest that much with all the other uh, ways to uh, to get my, my TV jollies on. But, uh, you know, hey, good for them for trying to add something extra, I guess. Uh, that's 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 Sony in a nutshell. Um, everything I could I could squeeze in in such short notice. All right, and so uh, from there, we'll go to Microsoft, uh, Sony's, I would say, biggest competitor. Um, so they started their press conference by showing off new footage for Halo 5 Guardians. Um, I think it looks pretty darn good, personally. Um, I was a fan of Halo 4. I know a lot, not, not, not a ton of people were. Um, the, the beginning of it was slow for me, but the end of it really picked up. And so I, I liked where it went, and I, I like what they're doing with uh, Halo 5 Guardians. Loved it. Loved Halo 4. It looks great, and as somebody who played the Guardians multiplayer beta, I think this looked light years, graphically light years ahead of what they put out for that multiplayer oh, beta. Good, it looks yeah. so much better. Lighting effects were stunning. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I'm also, being being a giant Nathan Fillion fanboy, um, I'm also very, very excited to see that um, he is going to be voicing one of the... So, so, so okay, briefly, this, this game is basically following the story of a, uh, a, uh, a Spartan called Locke, uh, who is a member of three other Spartans who are basically... They're actually not Spartans. Oh, they're not. They're they are from uh, Oni, and for those of you that watched Halo Nightfall, will remember Locke from that live action television show that Ridley Scott oh, uh, right. produced. And that's part of it's part of it is a setup for you to, to be introduced to him. Okay, Locke is a a member of Oni, which is the uh, Office of Naval Intelligence for the UNSC, and um, it's him. And uh, if you played ODST, Nathan Fillion's character Buck was in that Gunnery Sergeant Buck. Um, he is one Locke and Buck are one of four Oni officers who have been conscripted together into a team to hunt down Master Chief and find out where he is because he's in trouble. And we don't. Re- well, uh, I'm, I'm not sure that if he's in trouble, they seem to think that he's 
like causing trouble. That's what I'm saying. He's yeah. in trouble with UNSC and okay, yeah, Oni. Yeah. yeah. Um, and um, yeah, j- just from the little bit that they showed, um, I mean, even Locke's character model is very clearly based off a scan of Nathan Fillion. I mean, like, like a little, like a little bit different. Or Buck, is, Buck, uh, You're thinking Buck. Right. Th- yes, I'm sorry. Thank you. Uh, Buck's um, Buck's uh, facial features. Is, it's very much Nathan Fillion. Oh yeah. Looks looks maybe a little like like his head is a little bit thinner. Maybe I don't know. Maybe it's not it's not exactly. Is the same, Nathan but. Fillion like? Just before Castle, like, <laughs> like seven or eight years ago, right? Right yeah. after Firefly, right before Castle, yep. that Nathan yep. Fillion. Uh, but yeah, so I'm very excited about that. Um, and they also uh, showed off a new mo- uh, multiplayer mode called Warzone, um, which looks to be batshit crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, did they say how many players you can have in a Warzone, um, Warzone I, match? I feel like they did. I don't recall what it was. God, so much information this week. Um, but it's the it, two. It's you fighting the other team, but. Um, it's, I mean, it's, it's vehicles. It's, it's, I mean, it's, every, it's, it's basically battle battlefield, but like, yeah. like what's, what Star Wars battlefield is to Star Wars. This is this to Halo. Yeah. But what they said, part of what makes the mode frantic and what it is, is not just that the battlefields are much larger than usual. Unlike big team battle, which is like their big version of like open ended maps that, but they're also dropping, um, AI controlled characters, enemies, covenant and, oh, into the battlefield for you to contend with against one another and them being there to interfere. Nice. Excellent. So, uh, that sounds fun. It's cool. Um, and then uh, we'll, we'll get to Bethesda's cons- uh, uh, press conference in a little bit, but uh, they did come out and they showed off some gameplay for Fallout 4. Um, and uh, this excited a ton of people. Um, they announced that uh, mods, which have traditionally pretty much only been on the PC, um, are now going to be able to be transferred for free to uh, to the Xbox One version of um, of Fallout Four. Huge, yeah, huge. They did say they are going to be enabling it on PS4 eventually as well, but okay. to start, it's going to be on Xbox One, which is which I'm sure is uh, um, is uh, aided by uh, you know the Xbox One's uh, commonalities with Windows 10. Um, I think is uh, I think is a uh, it shows a lot of code there, so I'm sure it makes it pretty easy. Um, uh, but yeah, and um, also interestingly enough, um, it turns out that uh, it wasn't announced on stage, but the Xbox One version of Fallout Four will also come bundled with Fallout Three when it comes out in November. So if you missed that game, um, you'll be able to uh, to catch up when it comes out. Very cool news. Definitely. Um, they showed off. Uh, so so after dropping the brand new Ford GT from the ceiling because it's not a Microsoft press conference without dropping a car, or popping a car out of somewhere. Um, they showed off the trailer for a, a Forza Motorsport Motorsport Six, which fe- which featured the same GT that they had out on the stage, which I thought was a little bit gratuitous. Uh, yes, uh, clearly Ford paid for that. Uh, sure, sure, that, that appearance, um, which I'm fine with because that car pretty. Oh, it's pretty. Um, I'm I'm not a car guy, but I mean that looks like. I mean, like I, I kept on saying to myself, wait, this is a Ford. <laughs> yeah. Man. Um. You know, they they started the trailer by basically talking about uh, Ford's legacy with the original GTS and how um they won they took like the first three spots in like uh, one of the one uh, in a Le Mans uh, race or whatever it is. I'm probably saying wrong words now because again, not mm-hmm. a car guy. But um, but uh, but yeah. So then they dropped this thing down from the ceiling. I mean, it looks like a futuristic Lamborghini. I mean, yeah. like it's beautiful. I own a Ford. It does not look like that. <laughs> no. And I'm gonna say this to you, Ford. Uh, um, you showed me during the Microsoft press conference that you can build things that don't disintegrate. Stop doing it. <laughs> I'm broke. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, yeah, we are not sponsored by Ford. Uh, <laughs> uh, so that game is coming out September 15th, 2015. Um, 
I will say, I mean, like, Forza looked appropriately beautiful. It was um, stunning. Yeah. Always is. Yeah. And um, the um, I guess the the weather uh, is new to six is mm-hmm. what I picked up because um, some people were very excited about being able to race in the rain. Um, they showed some collisions with like tire stacks on corners and things like that. With it looked, mm-hmm. all looked very good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm sure Goat is thrilled. Yes, uh, I'll be. Hopefully, he'll uh, call in and give us some feedback on that uh, for our uh, for our uh, roundup episode, our, our our reactions episode, I should say. Um, but yeah, and then so Ubisoft came out and showed a new trailer for Tom Clancy's The Division. Um, this was shown off a little bit last year, uh, if I remember correctly, but uh, they gave a lot more details about it this time around. Um, it's going to be releasing early 2016. Um, they uh, they said that Xbox One players will get to play the beta first in December. And if I remember correctly, there's there were several games that said this, and I believe this is one of the ones where multiplayer is going to be cross-platform between the Xbox One and PC. I believe um, I believe they said that about uh, about The Division. Um, might be making that up, but uh, that's what I, that's that that is what I recall hearing. Bear with us, folks. the The <laughs> amount of information that has flown at our face like a high speed bullet in the last few days is just absolutely insane. We're gonna get it all together for you. Indeed. Uh, they also revealed more details on Rainbow Six Siege, and it will also include two more games. Um, uh, two more uh, the uh, the uh, the original two Rainbow Six Vegas games. Um, uh, they showed off a gameplay trailer uh, for a game uh, for what looks to be um, some sort of multiplayer game called Gigantic. Um, we saw a little bit about this um, in one of the uh, one of the previous uh, Microsoft uh, press conferences. Um, this is basically a very stylized, cartoony um, kind of like take Pokemon and Team and, Fortress Two, maybe, and throw in a little bit of Monster Hunter, and yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it it looks pretty. It's definitely not my cup of tea, but um, I, but I can they, definitely they see didn't, the I mean, they showed a longer trailer of what it was this mm-hmm. year, but they didn't really show much more about what the game actually is. Yeah. It's still pretty vague. It's not vaporware by any means, yeah, but it's, yeah. it's definitely not clear. Yeah, I'm not clear if it's a MOBA or if it's like more like WoW or like, I'm not, I'm not really sure what it is. It's definitely I mean, some kind of, it's definitely some type of MMO. Yeah, we know as um, much as anybody else at this point, I think. Yeah. But uh, I, I, I think the art style is pretty. I think oh, yeah, it's, it's very cool beautiful. Uh, Microsoft then uh, went through an indie game showcase. Um, they showed off uh, Fulbright's Tacoma, uh, Beyond Eyes, uh, which is a very interesting looking game where you play as a blind person. Um, and basically, the, 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 the concept of the game, it's, it's sort of like an art house game. The concept is basically the, what you see on screen around your character is sort of an impressionalized version of what the character is interpreting from their other senses. So when things make noise, they show up, uh, when things, um, uh, you know, when, 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 whenever anything affects the character's other senses, aside from sight, obviously, um, is they, they show up in the world. Um, I watched a, a separate trailer. Microsoft had a separate uh, video, um, uh, uh, kind of like a treehouse kind of thing later um, where they showed off some more footage in an interview with the developer. And she uh, went on to say like when it rains, it becomes very disorienting for the character because it muffles all of her senses and everything. And so yeah. there, there seems like there's a lot of gameplay dynamics going on there. It's really pretty. Very yeah. stylized. Uh, they showed off a new um, uh, Daisy uh, creator um, IP ion. Um, which is going to be on the Xbox One and uh, PC debut exclusive. I'll talk more about that on our, our reaction show, but that was really surprising to me because the creator of that Daisy mod, Dean Hall, actually came out on stage. I never thought I'd, I'd see that guy step foot on stage, but I'll talk more about that later. Okay, I look forward to that. Um, and then um, they showed off um, uh, a game called Ashen, 
And uh, but I don't care about that because I, I the next thing on the list is Cuphead. And oh my god, oh I want to play Cuphead. Oh my god, so bad. Everybody wants Cuphead. Yeah. Um, so in, in case this has flown under your particular radar, um, think back to old school, like the original Disney Popeye Betty Boop, like the old '30s cartoons, like those like very like exaggerated and like everybody's always dancing for some reason yep, back and yep, forth, yep. and um, you know just those those old school cartoons. Um, this game looks like one of those brought to life, yep. and it is. I mean, it 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 plays beautifully from what I can see. It's a two-player it, platformer. Yeah, side-scrolling you know. platformer. Yeah. Um, I mean, just my God, it's uh, it's I've I've never I've I never thought of, this. This is one of those things where it's like you 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 look at certain things that have come out like homages and um, you know. Uh, uh, you know, just different uh, things that have come out, and it was like, oh, of course that was going to happen eventually. I never thought we were going to see anything like this. No, no, I don't. It was completely unexpected. They mentioned it very briefly. E3 2014 saw a very, very brief showing of it, and they showed a lot more of it this year. It's officially titled now. It was just Cuphead last year. Now it's called uh, Cuphead. Don't deal with the devil. Mm-hmm. And uh, it it looks like a Steamboat Willie cartoon. If it were like right when they first started adding color to cartoons, yes. so it's a little blurry and not quite in the and lines, muted and, and yeah, yeah, you know, it's just it's all kinds of pretty. Man. Look, oh my god, it looks so good. Yeah, I um, that's I that might be the thing I'm most excited about on this entire list. That'll there's, be it. There's, be there's, the there's some things purchase. on this list I'm excited about. So to say that is mm. something. Um, so then they moved on and uh, Crystal Dynamics Crystal Dynamics came out and uh, revealed some uh, gameplay footage for Rise of the Tomb Raider, which is currently, um, as far as we know, an Xbox One exclusive. Timed exclusive. Um, have they said that? They have said it's They timed. have said yeah. that. Okay. It is a timed exclusive. It's going to start on Xbox One and eventually will be released for PlayStation 4. You know, I wasn't sure because um, sort of rewinding a bit, um, the, I mean, right, for me, Microsoft... Did uh well? Here, I'll finish the list here because I only have a couple more things. Then I want to just mention a, f- a few quick things. Um, they had a trailer for Fable Legends, um, which is uh you know the beta is ongoing now and will be coming out this holiday. Um, not really a lot of new information there. Pretty much everything that we already knew, just uh, actually seeing it in motion. Um, and then uh, finally, Coalition Games as Rod Ferguson came out and announced uh, the Gears of War Ultimate Edition, which is a remastered version of the original Gears of War. Now, here's the important thing to note about this: um, it will be coming out on Xbox One. Now, this is not just the original code, like stepped up to like 1080p, 60 frames a second, or whatever. They rebuilt this game from the ground up. They yeah. read, they redid all the textures, they redid all yep. the models. They were showing side by side footage of, the, of like the old game and the new. Yep. I mean, like it's 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 a new game. You yeah. know, it's uh, you know, it just happens to go through the motions and have the same scenes and dialogue and everything as the old as the old one. But that's all it has. In yeah, common. they took the framework and built something brand new on top of the framework. Exactly. Yeah. And um, I I I enjoyed the first Gears of War quite a bit. Yeah. Um. Uh, multiplayer codes for um, if you're in the Xbox Live preview, uh, I'm sorry, the Xbox One preview program, uh, you probably already have a code. Um, if you don't, then you will soon um, to get on the beta when that starts up for the uh, for the multiplayer. Um, I do have mine. Um, uh, John, do you have yep, yours? I have okay. mine. So, um, so yeah, that's that's gonna be exciting. Um, uh, so let's see. Uh, a game called Recore was announced. It's being developed by Mega Man, the creator of Kiji Anafune and Retro Studios, uh, who is uh, the creators of uh, Ret- uh, Metroid Prime. So this is pretty cool. This was actually one of the earlier games shown, and um, it basically is like a post a post post apocalyptic wasteland, but kind of a happy version. Um, you know, what it, remi- it reminded me a lot. If you ever played, I've talked about the game Enslaved Odyssey to the West multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, the art style of that, where it's post apocalyptic, but it's kind of very bright and shiny and pretty. Yeah. Um, it had that same kind of aesthetic. Um, showed a uh, young girl with uh, like a robot dog with, um, 
with a blue core at its center, um, hence the name Recore, um, because then they fought some enemies and the dog basically went and ran and sacrificed itself, but the core left behind. So the girl picked up the core and put it into a different robot that happened to be sitting there. And it like came to life with very clearly the same personality as the dog that just blew itself yeah. up. And she said, welcome back, buddy. And so the, the dog was like standard dog size, yeah. you know, medium sized dog. But the robot that she put the core into the second time is like dog size, half-life size. You, you want to hear that's <laughs> ironic, isn't it? You know, it's the, the robot she puts it into is the size of dog from half-life <laughs> yeah. what the fuck <laughs> all right um so re- very cool uh, stylistic looking game um it's definitely good to see new ip i'm surprised to see kj and ufuni working on it too yeah, you know, yeah that's not a name you normally associate with uh with xbox or definitely. microsoft so it was cool um so then um ea announced the plans versus zombies garden warfare 2 is coming out um they also EA announced that there's some changes to their EA access program, which I believe is exclusive to the Xbox one. Um, so long story short, they're adding a couple more games to the, um, to the archive, which basically, basically it's sort of like EA's Netflix where you basically, you pay a monthly subscription and the uh, dozen or so titles that are sitting in their ar- archive, but they just added Titanfall. Um, if you remember that you can play those games anytime you want for free. Um, it's, I looked at the roster. It's like three quarters sports games. Yeah. Um, Battlefield four, uh, Titanfall, and like one or two other games which is like whatever. there's more in there but they they did say that they're going to be adding dragon age inquisition later that's this coming year. up yep and then um if you're if you're listening to this uh relatively soon after its release um the archive currently is free to play for xbox live gold subscribers so um in case uh in case there's some old ea xbox one games that you want to check out right now you can play it for free there is a caveat though because uh, i attempted to sign up for this just to see how the service worked and uh-huh. to try it out um it's not that the subscriptions are that terribly expensive. If you are a casual game player, but you want to try these games, it's a good deal. Sure. You know, um, but when I attempted to play any of these games, and this was from the advertisement on the dashboard of the Xbox One that yeah. says, try out the EA Access Vault stuff, now live after E3. Right. Went and checked it out, and it was ask, it was saying I would get my free trial period pending signing up for a subscription. So you have to commit to a subscription and give them uh, credit card information and stuff, and then they'll let you play it for free for the however long the period is. As long as you cancel it theoretically before they have to charge your card, then I get it. Yeah, it's cool. You know, right. It's a neat thing to try out, but I was not really in the market to do that. So. Yeah, no, fair enough. Um, yeah, that, that's disheartening. Um, uh, if, you, uh, if you remember many episodes ago, um, I, uh, I tried to play Battlefield 4 when it initially came out, and um, this is when um, their their save files were screwing up, and I had to play at one of the, like a level like three times because it just would not it would not retain my save, and Yeesh. I said screw this, I'm not coming back. That's been long fixed, but I just haven't reacquired the game to go back sure. and finish it just because. You can borrow my copy. Uh, cool, uh, I, I will do that as soon as I'm done with your copy of uh, of, a, of Advanced Warfare. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, otherwise, just in case you're not familiar with EA Access, the gist of it is that you pay a subscription, you have access to these vault games, and then in addition, you um, if you were to buy ea games digitally and have them delivered through the vault you get them earlier than everybody else is the uh is the other benefit there but not a bad idea there's something to it i don't think it's for everybody and i think there's going to be some trial and error stuff yep uh also in addition masochists everywhere we're thrilled to see a trailer for dark souls 3 um (laughs) i i don't get it i don't understand why you people want to torture yourselves like that but look uh, i played i played through demon souls um it's a great game you know, they're really great games. They're just, you have to be in a certain mindset to play them yeah. and you have to be really focused to play them because if you're not focused when you want to play them, it will piss you off. 
Yeah, that's not me. Um, and then so <laughs> quite possibly the other most exciting announcement is that a rare announced rare replay, which is a collection that they're putting out for the ridiculously low price for what it is of twenty nine ninety nine. You get thirty classic rare games, yep. including Banjo Kazooie, Banjo Tooie, Conker's Bad Fur Day, Killer Instinct Two, and I don't even know how many others. Um, they've done they've done like retro collections like this before, and. Um, um, I you know I've, we've seen stuff like that before from like Namco and other folks and uh, like arcade collections stuff like that. But I mean, like thirty bucks for these games is is I feel bad. I feel like I should no, be paying man, more. No man, I was I was not expecting it, and I'm really thrilled to see it because it looks great. Yeah, it, and yeah. it's a steal. You it, know, it looks absolutely amazing. Uh, so speaking of Banjo Kazooie, uh, Rare then announced a new Xbox One game uh, coming out called Sea of Thieves. Uh, it's basically a pirate-themed multiplayer game, uh, and in typical rare style. Um, I mean, just just beautiful, adorable looking. I mean, like the cutest pirates you will ever see. Yeah, it yeah. looked really awesome. Um, and then, um, in addition to um, the uh, the Gears of War Ultimate Edition, they also showed off a um, a trailer for Gears of War Four. Um, I'm going to quote Goat here and say um, they missed an opportunity by not calling it Gears of Four. I mean. <laughs> They did just refer to it as Gears 4, but there is a missed opportunity there. Yeah. He is not wrong. Yeah. Um, which is coming out holiday 2016. Um, so that that's a ways off. Um, so, yeah, that, that was pretty. Now, now, possibly burying the lead here, the most exciting announcement that Microsoft has. Um, uh, I mean, this shocked everybody. I don't think anybody saw this one coming. Uh, the Xbox One will be gaining backwards compatibility with Xbox 360 games. Quite possibly the biggest piece of contention um about the current generation of consoles is that they do not have backwards compatibility backwards compatibility on the xbox one and the ps4 well Mm -hmm. xbox one is fixing that yes Um, they have a list out now of uh, i think it's around maybe uh, 60 to 100 games somewhere in there of um Again, if you are in the preview program, uh, I believe that you can try this out now. Um, I've seen some people, um, I, I believe, uh, oh, Mr. Ryan Ange sent me a screenshot of him playing Mass Effect. Yep. Uh, the original Mass Effect on there. And um, so uh, this is this is very, very, very cool. Um uh, they uh, and they they basically they, they basically explained it by saying that um uh, they, they they more or less said that it is running an emulation, um, so it is a software emulator. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't have a hardware chip in it like uh, like the original like the original launch of the PS3 literally had a mini PlayStation 2 inside of it on the hardware. Yep. This is the Xbox One is powerful enough to be able to run a virtual essentially Xbox 360, which is then running the Xbox 360 yeah. games. Um, you will you do install them to the hard drive um, like you do Xbox One games, so you do have to think about your hard drive space there. Yeah, no, it's just super, super cool. I mean, and, there there are a couple caveats with it, though. They did say it's not everything in the Xbox 360 library is going to be backwards compatible. It will sure. not be fully backwards compatible, but they said that it is going to be a large library of popular games that will be growing over time. Yep. Um, and it's not... It's not lazy either because one of the things that I didn't expect that I was thrilled about is how many times when I first got my Xbox One that I would that I would go back and play multiplayer games with Ryan on. Mm-hmm. Ryan and I frequently play um, you know multiplayer shooters together, very competitive in those games. How many times he and I had awesome moments when we first started using the Xbox One game DVR where we said, fuck, man, really wish that this existed on the 360 because how many awesome things did we pull off that deserved to be recorded that we'd love to hold on to as a memory that we couldn't. They implemented the screenshots 
and they implemented the DVR clip recording yep. with uh, the, the Xbox 360 backwards compatibility, so you will be able to do those things with the game, like just like you did with the rest of your Xbox One library. That, to me, is the best part about that. Yep, I completely agree. Um, arcade uh, titles are, are, are falling into this as well. Um, and so, yeah, just good news all around. Um, if you own games, if you have redeemed any of your like free games with gold on 360, if you purchased anything specifically digitally from your 360 library, they're saying that that is going to appear as an option in the Xbox One's game store for you to re-download. So you'll be able to just download those games onto your Xbox yep. One and play them. It doesn't cost you anything extra to bring those games over. Um, and they also made a point of um, pointing out for the developers, the developer has to do zero work. Yep. to make their 360 games work on the Xbox One. They basically just have to give Microsoft the thumbs up. They run it through like an emulation conversion on their end, and then that's it. I know a lot of people that are going to be buying Xbox Ones that have said, oh, that, that did it for me. That pushed me over the edge because yep. I already own the library. It gives me an installed library to play on the unit. And uh, no better time to buy because they also announced a new one terabyte hard drive model, perfect for all those games are going to be installing, um, that comes along with a slightly redesigned controller that has a uh, headphone jack on it for standard headphones, as a, so you don't have to use the adapter that's currently available for the existing controllers, and also comes uh, packed with a copy of the Halo Master Chief Collection. Which is so, fantastic. Freaking awesome. For three ninety nine. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. To be clear, that does not come with a Kinect. No, and speaking of, um, I don't think they said the word connect throughout this entire conference. Mm, not really, no. Yeah. Um, Rest the, in peace, buddy. Yeah, I. You know, it's 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 a shame. Yeah, we'll we'll save we'll save our comments on that for the sure. for the for the reaction. To episode, be clear, but, too, um, the new controller you're talking about that comes packed in with that is not the new controller, the elite controller they announced at the conference. As glad well. you brought it up, John. Um, they also announced a uh, like John just said a a new elite uh, controller which. Um, pretty freaking cool if you ask me um it looks great has a radically redesigned d-pad i've never seen anything like this before never it's um if, if, imagine an upside down contact lens but with angled sides so yeah. the way that you can you know when you're sliding your finger around it you don't have to deal with like it falling off the edges of like a, D, a, a typical d-pad you're inside a little bowl which i yeah. think it sounds interesting it, it almost looks like a little like like a like a like a an octagon with yep. a bunch of little like tetrahedrons in it or like I don't know it's yep. just really strange looking. It's like a pixelated contact lens. It is. It's crazy looking. <laughs> like it looks a, really like neat. A polygon. It looks like yeah. Devora's eyeball from <laughs> <laughs> from MKX. Yeah, I, I don't get the reference, but okay. You know what? <laughs> Everybody that has the game that never really paid attention, I guarantee you're gonna go back and look and see what her fucking eyeballs look like now. Though I win. Anyway. Um, that reminds me of when I saw Star Trek First Contact, and I noticed that one of the Borg costumes had on it um, from the TIE Fighter uh, model kit, the glass that makes up that octagonal cockpit yes. um, is on the Borg, one of the Borg's costumes, and I can't not not see I that every time I look at it. guarantee you somebody did that on purpose. Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> anyways, I digress. Um, so, yeah, so this Xbox One uh, new Elite controller also, I mean, this pretty much has every single bell and whistle that they could throw at it. Um, the sticks and the thumb pads are removable and interchangeable. Um, mm-hmm. It has paddles underneath where you're, where you're in, where, you know, where your fingers rest, where you're holding the controller, so you've got additional controls underneath. It's two on each side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And those are, those are also swappable and interchangeable. Um, the, um, you can, you can remap buttons. You can, um, I'm pretty sure I saw that you can do macros. That'd be surprising if you couldn't. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, pretty, and, uh, also has the, uh, the, the standard three and a half millimeter headphone jack on it. Like the, like the, just the, you know, the, the redesigned regular controller that I mentioned before. Um, and yeah, it's pretty darn impressive and it had better be for being apparently $150. Oh God. It, you know what? If I didn't already own 
two Xbox One controllers, I would I would be interested in picking one up. Um, no way I can justify a hundred and fifty dollar price. And as somebody who plays competitive multiplayer shooters and really appreciates how precise the, the thumbsticks are versus the original three sixty controllers, it's not going to give me enough of an edge to spend that kind of money on it. I'm sorry. You know, it's just to me, it's not worth it. I know that there are a lot of people out there who are going to disagree, but not for me, man. Uh, yeah, I would sure love one, but not for that kind of money. Nope. Um, ninety bucks, and That's... certainly not until I get my hands on it. As we were talking yes. about that before yep. recording, I think yep. if they offered, you've got the regular controller, you've got the hundred and fifty-one dollar in the middle, uh, fifty-dollar one in the middle with all the interchangeable parts. Why don't you just give me the controller with the thirty-five millimeter head or the or the the headphone jack and that really crazy looking D pad? Um, and do it like eighty bucks or something. Do yeah. them, do one in the middle or ninety bucks or something. You know, maybe they will. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, but yeah. Um, so there's that. Um, ba-bum, ba-bum, ba-bum. and finally, they also announced um, that they're teaming up with Valve VR and that the Oculus is the Oculus Rift is going to be compatible with the Xbox 360 um, through means of. Um, so if you have an Xbox Three, uh, I'm sorry, Xbox One. Hello, um, an Xbox One. Um, <clears throat> you be if you have an Xbox One and a Windows 10 PC that with an Oculus Rift, you will be able to stream your games essentially from your Xbox One over your network through your a thousand dollar PC into your Oculus Rift headset and basically play them remotely in another room in your house because why not? But it is not, it's not, as you would expect, it's not like a full 3D implementation. The streaming, and supposedly this is like test, this is a test to see whether or not they can, you know, make it happen on the Xbox One or, you know, other game systems remotely. You're watching it in that if you if you listen back to our uh, virtually our best episode, episode a few months back where we talked about virtual reality, when we were talking about the virtual movie theater, it puts your games on the movie theater yep. wall. Yep. That's what it does. So we'll to, get to, to be clear. <clears throat> yep. We'll, we'll get to the Oculus Rift presentation a little bit later uh, and t- touch on that briefly. But they they showed it off during that. Yeah. And um, yeah, you're basically, you're not in virtual reality in the game. You're in a virtual room playing the game on a virtual TV in front of you, yeah. um, which is, you know, still cool, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah. Um, so that's... Um, I mean, Mike, uh, and finally, uh, I would say the most impressive thing, you know, the, the, the backwards compatibility was probably the most exciting thing. Um, but the most impressive thing was they brought out the HoloLens and they did a demo where they, they, they took a, a normal camera and rigged it up so that they could give the audience on the TV screens in the auditorium a perspective of what it would look like if they were standing where the camera is wearing a HoloLens headset. And basically what they did is they showed off a new version of Minecraft. At this point, it became very clear why Microsoft paid what they did for Minecraft. Because oh, yeah. um, if, if they must have already had the HoloLens in their playbook at that time. And they must have looked at the Minecraft and said, this is perfect. Because yeah. essentially what they're doing here is um, if you're wearing a HoloLens, you will be able to look at a table. And then just as, as you would expect it to be, uh, you can look at the table and you can basically speak a command to cause your Minecraft world to appear on this table and the top of your table will collapse in upon itself and the world will rise up from your physical table mm-hmm. virtually and then you'll be able to zoom in and move around and like look inside rooms and like yeah. explore this thing as if it were a model set. Collapse it and expand yep. the world, you know, almost the way that you drag your fingers to to enlarge or shrink a photo on your phone. When you're pinching and you, zooming. You yeah. can kind of pinch zoom with your hands and pull the world in and out yep. on the table to expand it. That table just becomes the surface on which it draws. Yep. Now, if if they if the hardware that they were using 
to rig this up on this camera that they were showing us is going to be of the same caliber and quality as the hardware that's actually in an, a, 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 um, a HoloLens headset. I was blown away. Yeah, it I was have, shocking. I mean, I could not believe how good it looked. Yep. Um, and you know, they, you know, of course, the camera was like walking around the table just so you could really get the sense of perspective of this this virtual world sitting in this physical space. And um, yeah, it's very, very, very cool stuff. I would, be, I would definitely say the Microsoft had the most to show off out of everybody. Whether or not it was the best, we'll get to later. But yeah, they, most they, inter- had, they had a very diverse show. Yes, yeah. definitely. Um, so yeah, um, not that that was a little, but that's uh, that's Microsoft <laughs> in a nutshell. And so, from quite possibly the most jam-packed, announcement-filled uh, press conference of Microsoft, we go to Nintendo, which, by comparison, John, how was that? Um, you know, I was going into E3 more excited for Nintendo than anybody else's, because I was expecting more of the same from Microsoft and Sony, and that was not the case. Um, and as somebody who was really excited for, uh, especially based on last year's, uh, you know, Nintendo Direct E3 uh, edition... I, I was disappointed, um, and I, I know that I was not alone in that. It was a, it was a really well produced um, production. A lot of really cool stuff. Um, some really great ideas, which I'll talk about more in our, our breakdown. But they were just paper thin on content, and the order in which they rolled things out, I'm of the opinion, really hurt. Um, you know, the E3 Direct, Nintendo Direct. Um, so to give you an idea, and to be clear with everybody listening at home, you know, so that you understand how we're breaking these down, we're we're not breaking them down in the order in which they are shown in the the press conferences. We're talking about uh, you know first you know games that have already kind of been announced, and then we're going through and talking about games that are you know brand new. So we're not doing it in the order in which they were shown on stage for any of these. Um, they did begin the presentation though uh, with Star Fox, uh, which got everybody really revved and excited. Uh, Two camps on this front. People who were just so glad to see a traditional Star Fox game and thought it was really cool. Uh, and people who were tremendously underwhelmed by it. Um, honestly, if you want a traditional Star Fox game, you're remembering those games a lot more fondly than the the depth of their content. They were much better than the sum of their parts, you know, um, for their time. But they're yeah. old games. I played through their first Star Fox recently, a couple months ago. It's old. And there's nothing to it. It's it's got the depth of a paper plate. So people <laughs> who were complaining about the the uh, you know the the it, it doesn't look like it's doing anything particularly exciting or new. There were some new ideas, and I think there's more to it than it they showed. I just think it's early. Looks cool. I'm excited for it. Um, they also followed up um, you know with a bunch of different things here, but we'll get to that in the, the new sections here coming up. Um, so some of the previously announced stuff that they talked about, uh, but kind of updated a bit was, uh, they, they revealed more about star Fox. They're actually calling it star Fox zero and they're saying it's going to be out holiday season 2015. So, Hey man, you've got a first party Nintendo title, the likes of which this particular character and its uh, roster of characters hasn't seen an actual release in a long time. It's been a while since star Fox, man. So yep. I'm, I'm ready for it. Um, Hyrule Le- uh, warriors legends for the three DS, uh, has been officially confirmed. Um, I know a lot of people who aren't terribly excited for this um, because it's basically just like, uh, you know, the old uh, Dynasty Warriors games, um, you know, just slasher, like kind of beat up games. And I know people who were peeing their pants with excitement over it. I'm kind of indifferent about this one. Um, 
that uh, it was a port to, uh, to be clear, a port of last year's uh, Hyrule Warriors, which was out on the Wii U. Um, they're going to be putting two new characters um, into the game, and they're going to be putting some other, you know, like stages and levels in there, and that's going to be out in early 2016. Uh, Fire Emblem, um, a new Fire Emblem game called Fire Emblem Fates is going to be out in the uh, U.S. So then there was they didn't really show much about that. Um, a Shin Megami, Shin Megami Tensei Cross Fire Emblem, uh, which was already announced, got a new trailer, and they showed a little bit of that. Um, the sequel to Xenoblade Chronicles, Xenoblade Chronicles X, which was just recently released in Japan, um, finally got a release date for the U.S. It's going to be December 5th. That game was really well-reviewed in Japan and honestly has some of the coolest art design I've seen in a JRPG in a long time. Really excited for that. Um, Animal Crossing, Happy Home Designer. Um, I'm sorry. It just... I just don't care. <laughs> but I'm sure there are people out there who do. And it, uh, I mean, it looked cute. It was, it was really, you know, sort of pretty and cute. Just not my cup of tea. Um, a, uh, they did a little bit of a, a segment on Yoshi's Woolly World. And uh, one of the, you know, E3 uh, Day Zero sort of pregame things was there was an early preview of that, which honestly looks really cool. It looks fun and it looks, the aesthetic for it's really beautiful. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do that. Um, they also showcased a little feature on that about how they're doing uh, a y- woolly Yoshi amiibo. Um, so it is going to be wool and yarn and like soft. L- and, like literally you know, wool. Literally, yeah. yeah. It's, um, yeah. it's really weird, but it's cool. And they explain where the idea came from, which was a really cute portion, one of my, my favorite parts of the show. Um, and then they, they finally announced a release date for Super Mario Maker. It's going to be coming out September 11th of 2015. Can I say, everybody's been posting this, but I can say my favorite aspect of this is that to publish a level from Super Mario Maker, you have to beat it. You have to beat your own level before you will be in, allowed to publish it. And that is brilliant. I'm, oh, it's I'm great. Sorry, that, that, that is the smartest thing they could have possibly done. Yes, because let me tell you something. I am one of these people that will start projects like that, modding projects or building projects very ambitiously, get halfway done with it, get tired of farting around with it, and then finish it and put it up somewhere because I'm tired of fucking with it. I think that will discourage a lot of people from putting up half-finished levels, junk levels, or levels that are so hard they cannot be beaten. Like trolley levels. Yeah, yeah. trolley levels. I do think there's going to be a lot of like, start here, hit this block, jump over this Goomba, and then there's the flagpole levels. I think there's going to be a lot of tiny, <laughs> dumb, stupid little levels, unless they have a requirement for that that we don't know about. But really cool, man. Um, like a minimum length or complexity or yeah, something like that? yeah. I could do, and, and speaking of Mario Maker, I could do an entire episode on how they featured it in the, the uh, Nintendo World Championship. It was awesome. Um, but I'll save that for another discussion as well. But that's going to be out September 11th, 2015. I was excited about it when they announced it. And the more I see of it, the more I want it. And the more excited I am for it. There's so many possible applications for it. It's so neat. Um, so moving on to the newly announced games, um, Legend of Zelda Four Swords gets a successor um, in the form of the Legend of Zelda Triforce Heroes. Um, really strange looking game. It's three players, um, and they they did say, which I think was kind of a mistake, that they based the three player concept on being able to form a three person totem pole to reach certain heights or hit certain buttons. They said when they stacked four, it was too tall and awkward for the perspective of the game, and it just didn't fit and work right, and with the 3D and everything. And they also said that 
the totem pole idea came from wanting to implement 3D heavily into the game, so they wanted you to be able to sort of see the odd stack in 3D. Really weird way and set of rules to base a game on, so I'll be honest, as a Zelda title goes, I wasn't that impressed with it. I thought it looked really funny graphically. Um, uh, um, one of the rare instances where a Zelda game does not appeal to me. It really sounds like somebody had a concept going in and they wanted to stick to that concept come hell or high water. Yeah, that's kind of what how it came off in the video. But I mean, I'm not saying anything bad about the game. I haven't yeah. played it, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully it comes out really good. But it's just really strange-looking little Zelda game. Um, so they're, they're, it's, you know again, multiplayer. But they said that if you want to play single-player, then it's you as Link with two, like, almost like dolls. They're like almost like little, like, animated dolls that you play in tandem with to help you finish the puzzle. So you can play it single player, but it is designed to be a multiplayer experience. Um, that's going to be coming out in 2016. An animal crossing game. Another animal crossing game was announced. This is a new one called animal crossing amiibo festival, which as far as I could tell from the gameplay footage just looked like animal crossing amiibo Mario party. It's like a it's a party game yep. featuring Animal Crossing characters that looks kind of similar to the Mario Party games, but um, so is this going to be the one game that allows you to bring any amiibo to it? Uh, they did not specify, as I recall correctly. I could be wrong about that, that. But that seems like the obvious thing to do, given what it is how really you really the game. really odd. Speaking of amiibo support, they did this. This is really odd. You can use your other amiibo. In uh, that uh, the Yoshi game, the, uh, the Woolly, Woolly oh, World, God damn it. yeah, Woolly World, um, you can use it in Woolly World, and so whatever amiibo you tap, the yarn f- and fabric takes on the look and feel of character, but with Yoshi's body, it's, it's really weird looking. Oh, just like, <laughs> like it, like yeah. your skins. Basically? It's almost like a skin, yeah, but it's really weird. And looking. now, can you do this with any amiibo or only certain? Uh, I think they said. Uh, I'm assuming all of them because they showcased multiple ones, but I they did not specify specifically in the trailer. I'm sure that information can be found somewhere if they haven't announced it. But interesting, yeah, kind of odd looking. Um, but yeah, it's that's it. It's just a Mario Party esque board game featuring Animal Crossing that you need amiibo to play. Because it works so well in Mario Party 10. I'm just hoping they use that better <laughs> because everybody who listens Wait. to the show knows how we feel about that. Yep. Um, <clears throat> uh, Yo-Kai Watch uh, got an English trailer for uh, its upcoming release, which is being ported over to the West. Not much on that otherwise. Uh, a Mario RPG crossover gets announced, got announced, and it's called Mario and Luigi Paper Jam. It looks a lot like Mario RPG, Super Mario RPG from back in the day. It's not. And uh, it it's not at all. It has nothing to do with Square or Square Enix, but kind of looks similar. I that's what I thought when I when I saw it too. Um, Is it like a three quarter top down view, like like kind of like that? <sighs> kinda. It's okay. hard to explain until you see it. But it's um, it could be interesting. It looks like it could be fun, but it's it's peculiar looking. The art style is not. It's kind of atypical for the way Nintendo's been doing things for the last. Yeah, few I, years. Um, if you if listeners, if you couldn't tell, I missed the Nintendo uh, uh, direct, so I have, I'm gonna have to go back and watch that because there's. Doesn't sound like there's a ton of things, but um, a couple things I'm curious about for sure. Um, Mario Tennis is going to be coming to the Wii U because, of course, because Mario Tennis. Yeah. Um, there, there are two. Uh, no, count that three obligatory Mario esque sports games that drive me insane: Mario Tennis, Mario Soccer, and Sonic and Mario at the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> Those three things, I just don't understand. But that's not why we're here. Moving on. Uh, so they're going to be doing that. It's called uh, Mario Tennis uh, Ultra Smash. Um, so there's that. Um, and then the uh, the Wii U version of uh, Skylander Superchargers. 
they're doing a Skylander Superchargers game where you can use two amiibo in the game. Skylanders. A Skylanders game where you can use amiibos. Yes. That's what you said. So what they did is they've partnered up with the, uh, the company that makes Skylanders, and they're allowing them to make a Bowser and a Donkey Kong amiibo that has a switch on the bottom where you can switch them from being Skylanders to making them amiibo. You can use them with a Skylander portal or you can use them as Amiibo. Really? That's the best that they could do? All right. Well, they put... So what they did is they allowed the company to design their own takes on sort of uh, Bowser sure. and uh, Donkey Kong. They're calling them Hammer Slam Bowser and Turbocharged Donkey Kong. Okay. So Donkey Kong throws, you know... Uh, throw, and they have vehicles, too, that you can kind of sit them on the come with. Um, you know, Donkey Kong throws barrels and, you know, obviously Hammer has a big fucking... Or Bowser has a big fucking hammer you can smash around. Right. Um, kind of odd. You know, odd pairing. Um, but that's, that's it. It's either a Skylander or an Amiibo. So uh, they did <laughs> they did do one more thing that really burned everyone's ass. Uh, <laughs> they, <laughs> they announced a, um, they're calling it uh, a Metroid, it's Metroid Prime. And God, I can't remember what the subtitle for the game is. Um, they, they announced a game during the Nintendo World Championship called Blaster Ball. Mm-hmm. And so it's basically like Metroid Prime Blaster Ball. It has very little except for the overlay of the Metroid Prime first-person HUD and the name Metroid to do with Metroid at all. And people were really, really offended by it. Like, people were... It ruined some people's Nintendo presentation for, for E3. Uh, yeah. So, so it's, we're it's, anticipating a Metroid announcement, but not that. So, we, so it's kind of like, um, that puzzle game for 3d for the 3ds that came out a little while ago. That's Mario themed, but so it's like that. It, however much that game has to do with Mario is how much this game has to do with Metroid. Like, it's no, just, even still, because you and I got to try puzzles and dragons, super Mario, because Goat yeah. let us try it. And yeah. I was surprised at how much it, it at least shared the aesthetic, even if the gameplay was okay, very okay. atypical. The 3d was really nice on it too. True. Um, but this doesn't look anything like Metroid other than the, the first person perspective has like the same sort of HUD and overlay as the prime Metroid prime games and uh, some sounds and sort of looks sort of similar from that first person perspective as the prime games, but the third person little character models they show and everything about else about the game, none of it looks Metroid at all. Hmm. So uh, maybe it was just an early build, but I, I hope they take the feedback they got from the uproar of it from the show and do something with it because people were really like put out by that. I was not offended by it, but I thought it was wonky looking and cheap. So um, that that was uh, kind of it, you know, really for, hmm. for their presentation. Uh, very bare bones, you know, even for Nintendo. All right, so now that we've talked about the big three and uh, their announcements, let's take a quick break to talk about Arcade Brewery, because beer, we love beer. We love delicious oh, beer. God, I love beer. Beer is amazing, uh, and you can tell by uh, by this ring around my midsection that um, is, I'm pretty sure, just just beer. Um, and uh, Arcade Brewery is not helping with this problem because they just keep making delicious beers. I really need them to stop because if they keep on making these amazing beers, I don't know what I'm going to do. You're going to have to give me a wheelchair because... I mean, I have to put a ramp in. I mean, like, no, Arcade Brewery, are you gonna, you, man. Arcade Brewery, are you going to pay for the wheelchair ramp into my house because I'm too fat from drinking? Charlie, I beer? would wheel you around uh-huh. if I didn't need somebody to wheel me around. I keep drinking beer and I keep drinking Arcade oh, Beer. Stop. Who I'm th- not kidding when no, no, I say no, no, no. I spent just... all of the Monday E3 press conferences drinking beer. No, and I, it was Arcade I, Beer. I, I, I believe you, but 
this is me. It's going to be an electric, possibly hovercraft wheelchair. So nobody's going to be pushing me around. Thank you very much. But I still need a ramp. Hovercraft wheelchair. So what you're saying is you push <laughs> Professor X out of his wheelchair and took it. You bastard. Uh, I would never do that to Stephen Hawking. Thank uh, God. <laughs> that's a throwback. <laughs> Michelle will get that. Amazing. Um, anywho. Um, so Arcade Brewery is a local brewery from Chicago. They're, uh, they're fantastic. Um, they... Uh, uh, so, so currently in my hand, uh, John and I are sharing a bottle of their Winter Slayer, which is an oat wine style ale. I've had barley wine style ales before. Uh, this is the first oat wine, uh, oat wine style ale I've had before. I really like it. Same. Yep. Very good. It's, um, for, for those that aren't familiar with the style, um, it, it, it sounds, uh, it, it's, it sounds underwhelming to say that really barley wines and oat wines are just really high alcohol, alcohol content beers. I mean, really, that's what it comes down to. But um, nonetheless, uh, I'm sure I'm sure there's some more science in it and the chemistry in it that, that I'm not familiar with. Uh, I'm a drinker, not a brewer. Um, but uh, um, yeah, so, so this is Winter Slayer. If you're if you're in the uh, the craft beer aisle and you come across the arcade section, if you find the one that has that that has its top dipped in uh, yellow wax, um, that be that'd be this one. Um, yeah, uh, for for those of you who aren't beer drinkers, and you're wondering what the yellow wax. What are you talking about? Uh, when you have beers that um, that you are more um, well, especially when they're higher quality beers and higher uh, you know higher alcohol content beers, and you want to make sure that they don't uh, you know get exposure to air or get infected or whatever, um, you dip the top in wax just to add an additional layer of sealant to the bottle. Just because sometimes the caps don't exactly seal 100 percent correct. And um, so yeah, that's 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 what the wax is all about. But um, but uh, but yeah, so um, Arcade Brewery. Um, and uh, I also want to mention that um, you know last week we talked a little bit about their public brew series. Um, and uh, it turns out that they're just about to release their next one out of this series. Um, they're coming out with a beer. Uh, it's releasing next week. Uh, it's called Odyssey Hive. Um, they describe it as an amazingly sessionable Amer- American pale ale brewed with honey and dry hopped with Amarillo hops. Um, it's going to be hitting uh, shelves at the end of next week uh, with two release parties at Go Tavern and The Chip Inn earlier in the week. Uh, if you go to their Facebook page, you can find all the details on that. Um, so if that sounds interesting to you, um, you should go check that out because, um, well, their track record for me is uh, is uh, all win and no losses. So, uh, so yeah, well, once again, thank you, RK Brewery, for sponsoring uh, the E3 series of episodes here on Gamerhead Radio. Uh, we've got one more to do. And uh, so, yeah, I'll have to restock my arcade brewery supply because uh i'm running a little low because i keep drinking it all all right so um let's uh let's move on to electronic arts shall we not beer not more beer not more beer um there will be more beer we're gonna need more beer after i tell you about electronic (laughs) arts um thank god arcade brewery is here to save us um it was not a good showcase uh, for them, it was easily, um, in my opinion, the worst of the press conferences. To be clear, I, I've watched every single one of these press conferences um, at the time of recording, except for YouTube's conference, which I, I still don't know what it was about. I don't really have an interest in it, but I will look into it. They have some sort of gaming dedicated channel coming up. Basically, what Vivo is for music videos, this is going to be for Let's Plays. I just, um, I'll have to check the video out before I say anything, but right now I don't care. Um, and I, I have only watched, uh, you know, maybe the first half of the, uh, PC gaming portion of, uh, the press conferences, which I will, by the time we do our wrap up this weekend, we'll know more about. Um, but, uh, having said that E three or I'm sorry, EA usually had the worst press conference of the entire event. 
Um, so let's start with their previously announced games. They're, um, they gave a new release date and showed a gameplay trailer, which oddly intercuts FMV into the new Need for Speed game. What? So the in-game stuff is the game, and then any of the cutscene stuff in between is full motion video. Like, we're talking like 1990s, like Night Trap, Sewer Shark, full motion video. Who thought that was a good idea? Somebody ADA. And between that and Rock Band, uh, not Rock Band, um, Guitar Hero 3. Five. Five. Why did I say three? My brain fucking... Uh, Guitar Hero 5 being what it is. Or not, not even 5. The new Guitar Hero. Guitar Hero. The yeah. new Guitar Hero. Yeah. Having full motion video in it? It's kind of weird. People are going retro in a direction they probably should not be going yeah. because it wasn't a good idea then and it's like not it. a good idea now. I don't like it at all. Um, the gameplay itself looked pretty slick. Nothing I could really say that was terrible about it. Some really neat, uh, odd, almost disorienting camera angles for some of the turns and drifts and stuff. Um... Looked like a dude bro need for speed game. Um, you know, I don't know what else to say about it. Um, Star Wars The Old Republic is going to be getting a new expansion pack, which they had a whole, like, you know, uh, video presentation for called Knights of the Fallen Empire. Um, cool. I didn't, I didn't cool. even know they were still making content for that game. So that's cool, cool that they're updating it, but I, I can't imagine terribly too many people are still playing it. Um, so yeah, maybe it'll pump some life into the game. The cinematics for it looked really good and kind of interesting, though. Um, they did a, quite a showing for Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare 2. Um, the por- purpose, of, the porpoise, the purpose of this episode <laughs> is to, thank you, Charlie. <laughs> We've got a goat and a porpoise in here. Um, the. It was a horrible porpoise impression, I'm sorry. It's, no, it's better than mine. Here, here's my goat, here's my fucking por- porpoise impression. Moo. <laughs> <laughs> that's all that's all you get john you're confused i can do a goat too moo <laughs> um so if we're if we're here to deliver the news just as a, a summary for this particular episode of uh-huh. gamerhead radio just to give you guys an idea of what happened at the press conferences it's not really our wrap-up show so i'm trying to stray away from opinions about things here but i'm gonna say this for the way and with the intensity that they tried to showcase Plants vs. Zombies, Garden Warfare 2, and some of the things that they talked about, um, I'm going to say this. Nobody gives a shit about <laughs> Plants vs. Zombies, at least not the way that they were trying to tout it. And I find it peculiar that it's Plants vs. Zombies, Garden Warfare 2, which is obviously a play on words for Modern Warfare 2, which is an Activision title. Um the logo for it, the MW2 and like the plants versus the zombies wearing like, you know, modern warfare gear and shit. Mm-hmm. It's awkward and weird. And that didn't even occur to me. That's it's a really, good point. really, really weird looking. Yeah. When you see the logo, I found it to be really unsettling and kind of strange. Um, so they, they are the rundown on it is, is that they, they showed a portion of the day, a gameplay video, which is, I mean, graphically and colorfully everything, very cool and everything. And, uh, just don't. They were talking about this franchise like people are just like, oh, people are celebrating it and everybody loves it so much. Not really so much the case. There's a lot of this that happens in gaming. Just because you say something is so does not mean that it is so. And you try to trick people into thinking that it is so just by saying it. That's not really how it works. Adopting the fake it till you make it approach. Maybe the 10 year olds <laughs> that like the series <laughs> will buy into it. But the adults that were there for the week, maybe not so much. Um, so they're saying that you can play any mode single player with AI bots. So if you don't have people to play online with, you can. Um, and, uh, they're, they're going to be doing, um, 
Plants vs. Zombie Garden Warfare. One player uh, can transfer unlocks to... So if you played the first one, you can transfer any of the unlockable stuff you did from that oh, into the nice. new one. And you'll get free content updates. The one thing that was nice about that portion of the presentation is they said, if you buy this game and you play it, we will not charge you anything for DLC for it. It will all be free content updates. Which I thought that was nice. If I'm ribbing on EA a little bit hard here... Very unlike EA. I haven't gotten to the bad parts of this press conference yet. Oh. So I'm, I'm, I'm So on. it's all downhill from here. Got it. They proceeded to go back and forth... Um, they would do like a couple of sports titles, then they would do one thing that wasn't sports, and then they'd go back to sports titles. So instead of doing a block, they just kept bouncing back and forth. And uh, the first 15 minutes of the press conference was a variety of different things. Um, and they just, they really went on a sports tear, man. Uh, they spent yeah. like what, I'm sure it was probably in actuality, probably eight to 10 minutes on FIFA. It felt more like it was like 20 minutes. Um, I'll get even to that, even though. eight to ten minutes on one game is a long time on FIFA. I mean, come on, yes, it's soccer. They showcased FIFA like it was the greatest thing known to mankind, and I know it's because that game sells massive. They didn't even really talk about Madden. They talked about FIFA. Like FIFA was <laughs> the star of their sports block for this event. And are, are are there any new like revolutionary features to this new FIFA that 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 justified such such a focus? Uh, not as such. So, I mean, they, they did like a, to give you a breakdown of what FIFA was featured, they did like a live action trailer and then they showed, um, some like actual footage of real soccer games, kind of like, uh, um, archive footage or stock footage of important moments in soccer history. Um, and then, uh, Pele, you know, a world famous soccer legend came out on stage to discuss the philosophy of making a soccer game. Oh, so if they brought this guy out, clearly he knows a lot about the game and he's very familiar with it. And he's very into it, right? I got the impression that he probably doesn't actually know anything or much about the game. <laughs> he seemed to appreciate what they were doing, but I don't, I'm pretty comfortable saying that he probably doesn't play them, you know? No. Oh. Um, Seems like an odd choice. So the, the differences seem to be that players will have a uh, better simulated defenses and more uh, more precision in their midfield play, for those of you that like FIFA, and if that means something to you. Um, <laughs> and they said they're going to put more skill moves in. So, But, um, so again, talking about games that have already been announced with new info, um, NHL 16, uh, 2016, NBA Live 2016, FIFA 2016, um, and that was kind of like their big sports block. But, I mean, I can't stress how much of that conference felt like it was devoted to the sports block and how odd those portions were. It was really strange. They really lost me. In the if that's there. what pays their bills, I guess. Hey, man. Um, and, and, look, there are plenty of people who play those games, obviously, so right. I'm not talking bad about them. It's just I'm talking bad about them. So <laughs> um, they, they, they did talk and finally show off gameplay footage for Mirror's Edge Catalyst, which is, you know, the, the newly announced name for uh, the Mirror's Edge sequel. Um, built with the frostbite engine, of course, um, there's going to be no level or no level or loading screens in the game. That's impressive. Yeah. So everybody was really excited about that. They, they described it as a free, a truly free roaming game. And that's not the only thing that there's going to be a lack of in the game for what I understand. That's right. Um, there are going to be no guns, at least not for, uh, you to handle or deal with. Not for faith. faith Faith is not going to be firing a gun in this game. Whereas everybody remembers in the last one, there was a... Um, Achievement. Very sparsely used, um, but awkwardly implemented uh, gunplay system oh, yeah. in uh, Mirror's Edge. 
there was an awesome achievement they put in there called Pacifist, if I remember correctly. Something like that, yeah. Where if you didn't fire a single shot in that game... With one exception, there was a sniper rifle that you had to shoot at one point in the game that mm-hmm. was just part of the story. You couldn't get around yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That one, that one aside... Was the exception. Yeah. Um, you got an achievement for completing the game without firing and thinking smart and getting around needing to use a gun, which I thought was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I a have lot that of achievement. People, of course you do. <laughs> a lot of people were thrilled that they're not putting guns in the game. I think it's kind of cool as well because it makes you wonder how you're going to have to outthink being shot at it in this one. So I'm, I'm all, I'm all for it. I did. Yeah. Very excited. Way more excited for this title than, uh, than I, I, I let on. It's just so much happened this week. Um, and then uh, they showed more of the Star Wars Battlefront gameplay footage. I'm not going to talk about that because we already kind of went over that, but uh, it looks great. And then some of the newly announced games that they discussed. They showed off what they are now titling uh, the next Mass Effect game is going to be called Mass Effect Andromeda. Woo! Um, Woo! It was a cinematic trailer. looked like it could have been rendered in-game. It was kind of hard to tell. It definitely looked more in-game than pre-rendered, but there was no specification as to that. It looks like the, the from the original Mass Effect, maybe the Mako, uh, you know, like a ground transport vehicle that was in that game, made an appearance. I hope to God they fixed the fucking <laughs> controls and physics for that. Um, it's been and, a little while. I think they probably have had some time. Yeah, God, I hope so. <laughs> and um, whoever this person in this N7 armor that was, you know, kind of darting around the game here also did use a jetpack of some sorts. Um, it was a very brief trailer, but it was enough to make you excited for another Mass Effect game. I'm just, I need to see and know more about it before I can get too invested. Probably the absolute high point of their uh, of their conference, though, was a little surprise in a beautiful little independent title called Unravel. Um, it's, it's a puzzle platforming game made by a small company called Colwood. Um, the person who announced this game uh, went on to kind of explain where the concept came from, and he was... I, I don't mean this to sound condescending at all. I'm being genuine when I say this. He was adorably nervous. This guy <laughs> was so nervous, but you could tell that he was really excited about this. Yeah. And uh, He was nervous-sighted. He was nervous-sighted. There you go. And uh, he... <laughs> He presented the game. I was so surprised by this. This was one of the big surprises of, of E3. If you're really into indie titles, this was a great thing for you. Um, and easily probably the, the most genuine thing about EA's conference. Hmm. Um, I highly recommend if, you, recommend if you haven't checked it out, you look into it. I think you'll be really, really surprised. It looks what, really chill. What and kind awesome. of game is it? It's a, it's a, a puzzle platformer. Oh, okay. You know? Uh, but it's just really pretty and looks really... It's got a lot of depth to it. It looks and really cool. I assume it's coming out cross-platform. Um, they didn't specify, but oh. one has to assume it probably would. It would make sense for them, too. I hope they do. I hope everybody gets to play this because it looks really great. Cool. Um, then, <laughs> then they went on to announce that they're going to be doing another Star Wars game. Um, Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes is a mobile collectible card game. From excitement to disappointment in like two seconds. Womp womp. <laughs> That's what I will say about that. Um, it they didn't really show anything for it, which was kind of a peculiar move, given uh, given the fact that uh, it's a Star Wars title. You would think they would have had something to show, but you could tell that a lot of people were not terribly thrilled about the fact that it was a collectible card game on a mobile platform. You know what can you say yeah. about it? They said they'd show more about it coming up, but uh, I, I wasn't that interested, and I get the impression a lot of other people weren't either. Trendy is trendy. Yeesh. Uh, so if uh, that's that everything that EA had to show, that is the um, whole kit and caboodle, as they flaccid, say, flaccid, <laughs> flaccid show that Electronic Arts had to put on for you. A couple of great, the things that that were in there were really good, um, really great. But as an overall showing, 
it was way too much sports and way too much tricking you into thinking they were done talking about sports and then going right back to sports. Do it in a block or fuck off. <laughs> well, from flaccid to raging hard on, we then come to... <laughs> in, in one of the greatest segues I think you've ever produced. Jesus, Charlie. So uh, glad I didn't have any beer in my mouth. Because uh, that would be a waste. Of, uh... I was reaching for my drink when you said that. <laughs> Woo! Uh, uh, to uh, to Bethesda, who um, arguably, um, actually, I don't think that arguably. I think it's pretty much d- definite. Out of all the publisher press conferences, I would definitely say that they had the best showing. Um, Easier, easiest. Are, yeah, there are some that are saying that they had. Uh, apparently, the consensus is that Sony had the best showing overall, and um, that Bethesda had second best out of everybody. Um, for being Bethesda's first ever like dedicated E3 press conference. Um, I will have to agree. They put on a heck of a show. All of their performers were solid on stage. They, um, you know, they were personable. They were, they were, their jokes were actually funny. Um, you know, their, um, you know, pretty much everything that they, everything that they did, I think was like, just like spot on. Um, so they started their press conference by showing off the new doom, which is just called doom. No number, no nothing, no subtitle, just doom. Doom. Thank you. Thank yep. you for finishing that up. No problem. Um, so um, I was pretty happy with it. Um, you know, I played Doom back in the day, and it was simple. It was you're running around a space station, you're trying to escape or whatever, and you're trying to kill demons. I mean, that simple. And to me, this you know their their re envisioned Doom is exactly that. Um, the, you know, the, a lot of the combat mechanics, like it had like. Um, you know, like grappling moves and uh, and different things that you could do, like melees on. Uh, so, so what it looked like is when you're shooting the aliens, uh, like your I, I presume the the idea is that your that your HUD that you had would would uh, uh, illuminate parts of the demon that were weakened enough so that you could melee them. Um, because whenever you shot them to a certain point, they they were the the parts of their body where you shot them would glow in different colors. Mm-hmm. And it, it seemed like that when the character uh, performed the melee attacks, and there were a variety of them, there were many, many, like from ripping off heads to cr- to cracking necks to to ripping jaws off. I mean, like it was very graphic, but very well done. Um, it seemed like it was after that they had gotten to that glowing point of like taking enough damage. Um, but um, I mean, aside from that, I mean, like it was simple, just just fun. It, it just looked like fun. To yeah, me. yeah, it was. It, it looked very over the. Top, very cool. They um they they had uh, they had two sections. So they first showed a section on on a very vast like space station. You know, very Marsish looking. I'm sure it was on Mars. Um, and uh, yeah, a whole lot of running around. They they showed off uh, all the weapons that you would expect. You know, the you know the the standard shotgun, the super shotgun, the der- the double barrel version, uh, plasma cannon. Of course, they busted out the chainsaw. And again, gruesomeness was happening. And um, yeah, all good stuff. And then uh, they took a break to show off uh, their new map editor, which they're calling Snap Map. This is pretty cool. It's basically about the easiest map and level designer I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, it's basically just you you know, you select the element that you want, whether it be a wall or a block or a weapon or different decorations like fire geysers or just like everything every element in the game that you can imagine and then you just sort of drag it around and just pop it where you want it to be and then that, that, that's it and um so they, they've got this level editor in there so people can create levels and um and supposedly it's just very easy to do and a very very streamlined From no what, word on whether or not you'll have to beat your own map before it can be published that is true um, and then after that, then they went back and showed some more of the single player campaign. Um, and, uh, this time they showed a level taking place in what they called to be hell. And, um, so apparently on the demons home turf and, um, yeah, again, just a whole lot of running around. And of course they, 
they cut the trailer off right when the main character picks up what uh, I presume is a BFG 9000 right before it mm-hmm. fires off just because I want to see what that thing looks like. They when did it goes confirm off. that that's what it was. Yeah. I mean, like it might have I didn't know if it was like the BFG 10,000. I mean, like yeah, it could have yeah. been some other, you know, sure, whatever, sure. but uh, but it was definitely a BFG. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it looks like a lot of fun. I, 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 I'm personally glad that they're sort of going back to the game's roots. You know, there, there doesn't appear to be any flashlight or any like any, you know, other weirdness happening. It's just like straight up Doom Doom 2 style. Um, just, a uh, you know, first person shooter. Um, apparently there are some people who felt underwhelmed by the trailer. Maybe there wasn't enough going on there for them, but I, I personally, I appreciate the restraint and, um, just yeah. so they could focus on the fun stuff. Yeah. And it looked pretty. I mean, it really did look nice. So. Yeah. Um, then, uh, they went on to announce, um, their, uh, Bethesda.net initiative, which is basically, uh, the, the website and the engine that's basically going to be behind all of the different map editors and content producers and everything for all of their games. It's basically kind of like, uh, like, 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 uh, Blizzard's Battle.net. Same, mm-hmm. same kind of idea. It's going to be kind of like the hub for their multiplayer. It's going to be the hub for all their content creation and so on and so forth. And they, uh, they pointed out that snap map, that's going to be how it's, you know, where it stores things and, you know, that the, the hub for that as well. <clears throat> um, the creators of uh, Battlecry came out and um, announced that they were uh, opening up its uh, global beta signups and showed off a little bit of gameplay. This is uh, to me, this looked like Team Fortress, just a little more, a little more violent. Yeah, really is what I it got comes the down same to. Vibe from it. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the uh, uh, the developers of Dishonored came out and announced that Dishonored Two is in development. They showed off a little bit of that. Um, they also announced that um, a uh, I believe it's called the uh, definitive edition, uh, uh, something like that. Basically, they're remastering Dishonored for current gen platforms for yeah. the Xbox mm-hmm. One and the PS4. Um, uh, I man, the, the 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 trailer that they showed of Dishonored two looked really darn good to me. Um, I love the aesthetic of the game. I mentioned before, John. I think this was before you came on yeah. board. I tried Dishonored. I just couldn't get into it. Uh, you and I have the same problem with this. Okay. Game. I I I I probably got about three hours into it. Yeah. I couldn't find really fundamentally anything wrong with most of it yep. other than that um the way they start that game out and the story out for the game they assume that based on the setup for it at the point in which you start to control corvo and interact with the people in the world mm-hmm. my biggest problem is i did not feel a single attachment to anything or anyone in that game i'll completely I, agree with i that. felt like it was a really well designed very carefully crafted game world that felt really sterile to me and i just I didn't. It didn't connect with me. I know people who think the world of this game, and yep. to be fair, again, couldn't find anything fundamentally wrong yep. with it. Other than that, it just, I it did not keep my attention. I'll agree with everything you just said. I also just had the uh, sort of added problem with. I think I may have just been playing it wrong, just because I found it to be like I know it's supposed to be stealth, mm-hmm. but I, I I felt like the controls and just the way that it played was not like I think I may have been playing the wrong i'm not really sure i think i was playing it no wrong. i mean because I, um, I mean i played it i think the way that people intended to my yeah. i think part of my problem with it too is it's a really drab very kind of mopey depressing world too there's yeah, it's well, very yeah. kind of drab yeah it's like a depressing dystopia yeah not it like is a, yeah. it is it's just kind of yeah um but uh but yeah um but it does look good the second it, one looks great and yeah. i'm almost positive you can play a uh female protagonist in this as well 
Um, yes, I believe that is the, the, at least the trailer alludes to the fact that yeah. the, the trailer shows off a female protagonist. Um, presumably that is the protagonist from the game. Um, maybe those familiar with the game can tell us if she has any relevance. Um, and also at the very end of the trailer, there, there's a there's a line of dialogue. Uh, the, the 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 person speaking says it's always good to see a familiar face, and he picks up some sort of mask or something and flips it it's over. It's the mask that Corvo wears in the first game. Oh, is that what yeah. it is? Oh, okay, okay. So um, so yeah, maybe uh, if somebody can tell us if this uh, this female character that they show off in the trailer has any relation to anybody in the first game, um, I, I'd be curious to know. I, I couldn't tell if it was they were trying to imply that Corvo would be coming back and making an appearance, or if she finds the mask and you know they were kind of vague about that. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, Dishonored Definitive Edition is coming out for the PlayStation Tour and Xbox One, uh, I believe later this year. Um, they uh, and of course, um, you know, jump, you know, jump, just jumping into their their biggest uh, time slot. Of course, Fallout Four um, got the most time of their press conference. Um, they they you know they showed off how the game starts. They showed off a little bit of, of the character creator. Um, and uh, and yeah, they didn't really give any story spoilers away, but um, you know, other than to say, you know, just reveal things that you're only going to find out like the first 15 minutes of the game, anyways. Um, that the game does start before the bombs dropped, which is a change for the series. I don't think they've done that before. Yeah, and um, so that's interesting. And um, but uh, but yeah, they talked about some of the mechanics. They showed off some of the gameplay, and uh, yeah, I'm freaking excited, man. I, I'm stupid excited it looks it you know what the thing is that some people were really happy with this some people were not it looks like the natural graphical evolution from fallout 3 i'm fine with that um (laughs) some people were hoping that they would change upgrade or update the aesthetic in some way but i mean all of the like hud elements from fallout 3 the green sort of liney hud elements Mm -hmm. with the compass at the middle of the screen and all of the pip boy um, like menu screens and stuff like that. That is all back. Yep, but I I would argue that they did you know, improve that kind of stuff because yeah. pre, in you know in Fallout Three when you pull up the Pip Boy it was pretty much just like a static menu on screen. Now you're actually seeing your arm on screen. Yeah, and yeah. you're actually seeing the character like move the dials and manipulate the controls on the Pip Boy as you're navigating around the menus. It's made... definitely less disruptive to the immersion. Yeah, the concept of immersion definitely. You know? um, um, it, they just showed a lot of really cool things for it. The level editor or like the sort of you can build your own structures. That got a lot of oh like, yeah, like people were really excited about that a lot of people were complaining about the sort of plasticky look of the character models yeah i i would kind of agree with that a little yeah. bit i need to see a little bit more to know if to you know to know if that's how it's you know to, to really know for sure but i did think that you know um you know we've seen i, I definitely have seen better like facial animation and mouth sync sure but it is still a game that's that's months away from release who knows yeah. I mean, they and could change something you know it's with the amount of you know they 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 sort of started their presentation by showing off the amount of detail that they put into things. I mean, like every control board, every like switch, every every you know every surface on the game is just given a ridiculous amount of attention to detail. They showed off a whole bunch of concept art and a whole bunch of you know just uh, you know, just pieces of showing how the game is coming together. Mm-hmm. If the worst thing about the game is that the facial animation is a little weak, I mean that I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah, no, but it, overall it looked outstanding. Absolutely, it looks like it's going to be a big achievement. Yep, and uh, for for people who are crazy excited like I am, um, you can get ready to drop on the Fallout Four Pip Boy Edition, um, which, as it sounds, literally comes with a physical Pip Boy that, if you like, you can wear on your arm and stick your cell phone in and pull up their companion app and actually have 
a working pip boy on your arm that is tied into your game and so when you go so when you want to navigate menus and like check your inventory and uh heal yourself and do all those things you do with the pip boy you can just lift up your arm and do it right there in yeah front of you. it doesn't take you out of the game at all which i suppose technically let's say you're, we were talking about how this this might be able to work given that you don't want to have to like you have to stop anyways to look at the screen right. to operate it. But maybe if you're just running in a straight line, you can just hold the thumbstick forward with one <laughs> hand and then and do whatever you're doing and you're still making some man measure of progress. I don't know. Yep. Still kind of a neat thing though. People really went ape shit when they saw this during yep. the show. Yeah, it was very, very, very cool. Including um, myself. Yep. And um but of course if you don't want to do that, the companion app will still work, of course, outside of the Pip Boy. Yeah. But um it is supposedly universal with any cell phone. Um I'll be interested to see if a Galaxy Note fits in there. Um mm. but um, um, otherwise, uh, yeah, you pretty much drop your phone in there. I'm sure. I'm sure one of the first things you'll do is you'll set up like the borders of the screen and just you know just to get aligned with the opening in the physical Pip Boy. But but yeah, no, it's, it's all, all good stuff. Um, and uh, and then uh, kind of also surprisingly, they announced that it's coming out this year, um, November tenth, twenty fifteen. For having just announced it, I mean, like that's almost unheard of for Bethesda. Um, mm-hmm. Like, you know, with like with Skyrim and for Fallout 3, I believe, and for other games before, they lead up on them pretty well and they build up hype for a yeah. long time. Yeah, people were expecting a holiday 2016 release yeah. at, at a minimum. Yep. To go, yeah, to go from announcement to release in six months. I mean, that's unheard of and impressive and awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very, very excited about that. Uh, so let's see. Um, Elder Scrolls Legends. Uh, so well. So first, first of all, off of uh, Elder Scrolls Online, they showed off uh, the, a little bit about the expansion pack that just came out, and um, uh, then a little bit more about the uh, some stuff that they're working on. They showed some environments that they're coming out that they're working on that are going to be coming out in future expansions. Didn't spend a lot of time in it, but definitely touched on it. Um, and then they also mentioned that uh, they also are getting a free to play strategy card game because apparently that's the Vogue thing to do these that's days. That's the way to do it. Called Elder Scrolls Legends. Uh, it's going to be free to play, as I said, and it's coming on uh, PC and iPad uh, later this year. Um, and then also speaking of mobile games with Fallout, they're coming out. Uh, well, actually, it's already out uh, a game called Fallout Shelter, uh, which is uh, currently on iOS and I believe an Android release is coming later. Yeah, um, they said they said hopefully a few months. But uh, what 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 it was is they announced it right at the at the end of the announcements for Fallout. They announced this and said it's available right now, and then. They didn't say it's right now for iOS, so everybody with an Android phone searched feverishly for it, couldn't find it, and then cursed angrily. <laughs> I was one of those people. Well, yeah. uh, I'll tell you how it is. Um, you bastard. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, so basically, it's um, it's like uh, it's basically Sim Tower but Fallout style. Um, you basically uh, you know you're in charge of managing a vault and like taking care of the residents, keeping them happy and alive, and all that fun stuff. And um, so that that that's cool. Yeah. Um, no no paywalls. No energy yep. restrictions. No internet connection required. Yep. It's completely free to play. They just give you the option to buy one little thing in the game that you can help, but it's completely optional. Yep. Uh, so that's pretty much it for Bethesda. Um, you know, not a lot of announcements, but super high quality, well presented announcements. For a studio that has never done one of these press conferences, it was a lot more put together, a lot more clean, a lot more streamlined, and a lot more fun than it should have been considering a company like EA does them all the time and they're sucked. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, um, definitely stood toe to toe with the big boys this year. I'm really excited to see. I hope that they keep doing this every year, assuming they have enough to announce every year, but yep. it was cool, man. It was a fun conference. Yep. Yeah. Uh, again, just super impressed by, um, how well the presenters did. Um, you know, they had a, they had a good mix of people on stage and everybody that they had just really, really good personalities. I'm very happy with all that. 
Um, so that's Bethesda. Let's go move on to Ubisoft. Um, Ubisoft had a pretty good conference. I would. You were saying that you think that um, Bethesda had maybe of the publishers the best conference. I would say that arguably. Ubisoft and Bethesda maybe had uh, somewhere close to the same level of quality in their their conferences. The difference between Ubisoft and and everybody else for this show is is that Ubisoft seemed to mistake star power for clout. <laughs> um, that which, seems to be a pattern of theirs, which is very much them. But for the most part, it worked. Uh, it was a fun presentation. It was very upbeat. It was fairly fast paced, especially because in the lineup it followed EA, and EA's was so slow that afterwards Ubisoft seemed like it was fast-moving. Um, they were definitely a lot more light and playful than a lot of the other publisher con- uh, conferences, okay? So um, they started out their their conference with probably... It was a really big surprise. Nobody was expecting it, um, and it was fucking hilarious. Um, they announced a new South Park game. Awesome. Um, which is a sort of sequel to The Stick of Truth, it surprised everybody because Trey Parker and Matt Stone said that after the difficulty and time that it took to develop Stick of Truth, they would never do this again. Um, they again had Aisha Tyler host uh, the awards for them. I think she's funny. I like her on Archer. I think her stand-up is pretty funny. I've heard her do some interviews, and I think she as a person is fairly humble and pretty funny. And she's pretty quick-paced and funny for their events. So I like her as the host for those shows. I was glad to see her come back. Um they announced the game. They had Trey Parker and Matt Stone come out on stage um, and talk to her, which was also hilarious because the first thing out of Trey, everybody's conferences were so stiff, right? Like it was yeah. very formal. And then Trey Parker and Matt Stone come out and they're wearing the little headset mics. And Trey Parker said something to the effect of like, I just want to say before I say anything else, I look like a fucking idiot with this thing on my head. I think this is stupid. <laughs> like he was just, he, made, he spent the first minute and a half of the conference making fun of how much he hated the microphones. Um, and then she said, well, you guys, are you guys excited for the game? And they're like, well, yeah, you know, and she's like, we well, don't seem excited. He's like, this is fucking microphones. I hate them. You know, <laughs> like he really ripped on it. It was funny. The best part about that announcement is they're, they're changing it from the sort of fantasy theme. They announced at the end of the trailer and they're making it, they're basing it on like the Coon and friends, like superhero characters and right. like professor chaos is like the big bad guy in this one and uh the name itself they're obviously riffing on like the whole avengers and popularity superheroes which is smart the title is south park and then in the sort of like avengers age of ultron sort of typeface the game is called fractured butthole (laughs) hang on no i'll let everybody think about that one for a second in case you didn't catch it the first time fractured butthole butthole (laughs) Um, for the record, <laughs> to to uh, make everybody appreciate how how squirmy and fun this is, GameStop is currently listing it online for pre order pre order as uh, South Park: The Stick of Truth Two. <laughs> they won't put fractured butt hole on their. I don't, I don't <laughs> understand. They're they they're they're whole and yet fractured at yes. the same time. They're fractured butthole. A friend of mine online called them out for this and said, "Say it, GameStop. Say it." Um, that's amazing. Uh, I want to play fractured butthole. I definitely want to have fractured butthole in my house. I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. I tried to keep a straight face. I can't. So, uh, well played, Trey Parker, Matt Stone. Anyways, pressing on. Um, 
Real quick, you know what I think? I think that they probably realized, oh, wait, all the problems that we had making the first game, we already have the engine and everything already built. Well, they said that because oh, she okay. asked them directly, why is it that you said, I mean, you said you weren't going to do this anymore, you know, and the only sort of thing that they said about that in an interview pretty candidly, we're not doing this ever again. It was a pain in the ass. And Trey Parker, Matt Stone said, um, well, we kind of figured out once we got to the end of it that we we had just at the end learned how to make a video game properly. So we kind of wanted to take that and do it again, but do it better. Yeah. Um, okay. And uh, I, I hope they do. Cause I yep. halfway through stick of truth and I love it. It's great. Yep. Um, I gotta get back to that one myself. The, uh, so going to some of the previously announced games, uh, a little bit updated, uh, the crew is getting an expansion called wild run, uh, which is going to come out in November, um, which seemed the trailer seemed to focus a lot on off-roading. So I guess they're kind of adding a lot of that to the crew. Hopefully it will enrich the quality of that game. There's some great ideas there. It's just not the best execution it's at the time. Like it, it's launch. not like they could expand the map. It's already the entire country. Yeah, just put more <laughs> in it. Um, Trials Fusion is uh, is going to be getting a level expansion as well called Awesome Level Max. You need to watch this trailer. It is ridiculous. It made okay. me laugh. It is funny, though. Um, across multiple versions of these conferences, The Division, Tom Clancy's The Division, was featured a lot. Um, there's so many like shooter type games out there. You don't really care, but it definitely showed better than it did last year. And it looks like it's going to be very team centric and very big. The scope, Mm -hmm. it looks very big and very impressive. It seems like the amount of time they're taking between the developments is going towards polishing something. Um, and easily had its best showing in the, what, almost three years it's shown in a row. Right. Um, so hopefully they're taking that time to polish it up. Um, they're doing a, uh, a player versus player arena called dark zone. And, uh, we finally got the season more release date. Uh, it's going to be releasing, uh, I think they said spring of 2016, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they, they did a, uh, they did an announcement for just dance 2016. Of course they did. It is going to have a subscription streaming service available for the Wii U, PlayStation 4 and Xbox one. This was easily the worst part of their show. (sighs) Um, and, uh, on top of Trey Parker and Matt Stone, and then, you know, uh, Aisha Tyler, who are all respectable celebrities of varying degree. They took an opportunity to try and make it sound like it was a very exciting thing. They said it is not going to be um, your sort of traditional Just Dance game. They didn't extrapolate much beyond that. But they did try to hype the excitement of it by having Jason Derulo come out and sing a song. That will apparently be featured in the game. Now, okay. if you've ever heard that really obnoxious sing- song, I think I want to marry you. It's that dude. I don't uh-huh. like it. I don't like him. <laughs> but I'm going to say this. To his credit, unlike a lot of people who do these types of live performance things and music, he actually sang live. You could tell he was singing live. So that was the upside. The downside was he was terrible. Like he was, <laughs> I'm not saying that because I don't, I don't care for his music. I'm saying that because he was flat often and like seemed really out of breath to me and he wasn't really even dancing that much. It was really strange. So so he gets credit for singing live, but it was a mistake. Yes, yes. So <laughs> good for you for doing what a lot of your peers won't because they're afraid they'll sound like you yeah, good if for they you, do it live. Don't do it again. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think it was a nice idea for Ubisoft to try and get a real like star sort of star out there um, and somebody who's popular and probably a featured player in the game. It was smart, um, not very well executed. I think it was awkward and weird. It was the low point of that conference for me. Um, I just felt really forced. Um, but they're going to be putting that on on Wii U, PlayStation, and Xbox One. Uh, <laughs> Assassin's Creed Syndicate got a cinematic trailer. Um, they showed a lot more, and then that's, of course, when they were talking about Evie Fry, you know, Jacob Fry's twin sister. Um, 
the game's showing really well. I mean, you definitely got the impression that people were wary of Assassin's Creed this year. Um, it, it almost felt like everybody was a punishing Assassin's Creed for the mistakes that Unity made last year, or that they're maybe still kind of not over that, a little bit sort of embittered by it, because Assassin's Creed games almost always come out of E3 being at least one of the stars of the show, one of the bells of the ball. was not very hyped this year. People didn't seem to be talking about it much in the after shows or the post shows and stuff like that. wasn't as heavily covered online as, as usual, but it looks more solid than Unity. Um, they're not doing a stupid companion app for it this year, which I bitched about heavily months back um, because I did I completed that companion app and it was an absolute waste of my life. I will never get it back, and it didn't even work properly. It was buggy. They're not doing one this year. It looked more polished. It looked more interesting, and the aesthetic is really pleasing. I hope that it turns out to be a better game than the previous couple of years, uh, or a previous year, rather. Um, but that was it. They didn't talk much else about it. Um, they did do a big showing. Sort of their big closing feature for the, the uh, event was uh, Rainbow Six Siege. They showed a cinematic trailer with some really, really nice facial capture and animation stuff in it. Um, so they reveal they reveal that uh, the game type Terror Hunt's coming back. Um, you can play it by yourself. You can play it in co-op. Uh, they showed off a live gameplay demo, which actually I've never been a Rainbow Six guy, but this looks like it takes these sort of sort of dude bro tactical shooting type games and does the opposite of what they normally do. It looks like you have to be patient to play it. It looks like mm-hmm. strategy and, and tactics do pay off. And you're unlike the old Rainbow Six games where you're playing it by yourself with a bunch of dummy AI characters, you can play it with a full squad of rainbow okay. uh, squad people. Everybody's going through and you all need to work together, use your gadgets in tandem and be careful about how you execute the, the overall strategies for it. It looked like it might actually be a kind of a cool game and it looked very polished for being something that's still in development. Um, so during, during the end of the press conference there uh, for that portion of it, they had Angela Bassett come out on stage because she is the sort of head of the rainbow six sort of squad. So think of her as like, if rainbow six is like a unit of double sevens, she is their M or, or their char. She, she's the Charlie to their Charlie's angels. She's the sort of driving force behind their squad. And they facial captured her beautifully in the, uh, uh, trailer. And she came out actually on stage and talked, uh, with, uh, with Aisha Tyler about it and did a sort of a brief interview. And that was a, another sort of effort of star power on their behalf. Um, you can tell she doesn't know a damn thing about games. She did say <laughs> it was her first thing, first time she's ever participated in a game. She did sound enthusiastic about it, but uh, kind of neat that they were able to pull that off, and then uh, they showed a little bit more about the game. Um, so some of the more newly announced things that they came out with, a, a game called For Honor, which if you've ever played the game Chivalry, it looks like expensive chivalry, uh, which okay. is kind of a good thing. Uh, it's a medieval sword fighting game, and they gave it this kind of really long cinematic trailer. It looked like it was a, um, a CGI trailer, not much gameplay. They did show gameplay and did make portions of it playable for people, attendees at the uh, event. It looks really kind of rough and violent. Uh, and it features um, three different sort of fighting classes. They took three of what they said were history's best warriors, in their opinion, Vikings, Samurai, and Knights. And you can play as one of the three, and they have different skills and movesets and... Um, the game seems to be heavily based around using the thumbsticks to sword fight, move, animate, block. Um, and you can sort of, if you're playing somebody who's good enough at this, you guys can go at it, clanking swords and parrying each other's moves for a long time. It seems very strategic, but it looked very big online battle-ish. Um, 
uh, there's going to be four v four four v four battles online. Um, and it did seem like there's a lot of like NPC characters fighting in the background. It almost looked like a four v four Dynasty Warriors or something. Kind of strange. <laughs> um, people were very excited about that. It looked cool. Um, they showed a brand new title called Anno uh, twenty two o five, which is like a uh, very futuristic looking city building game um, that that you start off on Earth and you have to earn your right and your way to build on the moon. The uh, the Anno there have been other Anno games. There right? have been, but yeah. this is this is twenty two o five is the year. Um, so you can go into other solar systems. Uh, it was announced and dated. They put out two trailers for it. Um, Trackmania Turbo was another new game announced. It's going to be for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Um, it will have VR support. Hmm. It looked like a crazy, like, almost kind of like a Trials-type, like, crazy... Like, what if you took Mario Kart and Trials and fused them into a game? Just like a really oh. crazy-looking stunt... Uh, kart racer type game huh, with okay. a slightly cartoony aesthetic. It looked entertaining and fun. Um, nothing massive. I got the impression it was going to be like an arcade title, maybe not like a $60 release, but they didn't specify. That was just my opinion based on what I saw. Um, and then really surprising at the end of the game, they announced uh, a new ghost recon game. Um, ghost recon wildlands. It is a massive open world shooter that focuses on player choice. So it's like a a shooter game, almost kind of looks similar to the division or any other third person shooting game, but it's Mm -hmm. open world. It's big. Interesting. And you can play it with, uh, they, they give the impression with other people. Um, kind of odd, but, uh, that was, that was, that was it. That was their presentation. So no far cry, no far cry, no watchdogs, no watchdogs surprised. Neither. Um, far cry four did not do as well as far cry three. Did well, not as well as Far Cry 3. I wouldn't be surprised if they're just taking a breather on it. Uh, Watch Dogs, I know you really enjoy Watch Dogs, but that that game is not very well liked. I recognize its problems. I just, I look at it like I look at the first Assassin's Creed. It had its its problems, but there was enough promise there that with the second version, they fixed so much of it that it made it, you know, they they were able to improve upon it. I wouldn't be shocked if we get another Watch Dogs game, but uh, there were a lot of things people were expecting companies to announce this year, and... Mm. They, they didn't. They put a lot of things on the back burner that people weren't expecting. But uh, that was it for Ubisoft. You know, they had a pretty decent showing and one of the stronger ones for the, the you know, uh, developer conferences. It was cool. Um, PC Gaming did its first ever showing at, at uh, E3. Um, it was uh, something that was put together, um, sponsored by AMD, and uh, presented by PC Gaming World. Um, or PC Gaming, I'm sorry. Um, it... Uh, it was a kind of a strange presentation. It, what I liked about it was is it was different. It was presented differently than everybody else's press conferences. Their, um, their sort of primary host for the event sat behind a desk and interviewed the people that they brought out to talk to while they were doing the showings of the game, almost like a, you know, late show style. You know, it was a desk and then there were couches next to the desk and they came come out and talked and kind of riffed with each other. So it was a very relaxed atmosphere. I liked that about it. Um, AMD was a little bit heavy-handed with some of their uh, sort of like AMD, AMD on everything. You know that was a little bit much for me. Um, they, uh, what I did like is they took some smaller uh, PC developers like Tripwire Interactive. They started the show with Tripwire Interactive, who did uh, um, Killing Floor, the first Killing Floor, which was just like a barely like it was so underground. And the second one is really anticipated, looks fantastic. And then they had uh, the head of Tripwire come out and break that down and talk about what they've changed and added and sort of some of the success of their company. It was really cool. Uh, I appreciated that they were taking developers that typically get 
kind of tossed under the bus if you're not if you don't follow PC gaming that are doing great things and we're able to put them on stage and kind of showcase that a little bit. Um, I'll probably talk a little bit more in our breakdown um, of the events and our reactions to the events about some of the stuff that they saw and talked about at the show there. Uh, but of course, some of the PC show also had to do with uh, with the Oculus, which uh, which I think Charlie's going to talk about here. Yeah, so um, before the E3 conference really started out, um, Oculus had their uh, press conference, I think it was like last Friday, um, and they announced uh, a lot of details about the uh, the actual final consumer version of the Oculus Rift. Um, you know, it's been talked about for a long time. It's been in development for years. We've seen multiple releases of various development kits, uh, multiple iterations, and uh, so finally they've got the final hardware version of the consumer headset. Um, now, first off, um, disappointed to know that uh, they uh, do not have a price out. Aside from what we've already talked about on the show in the past, that um, a, according to Oculus, a gaming PC that meets the Oculus requirements plus the Oculus headset, uh, should they, they estimate will be in the ball, ballpark of about $1,500. Um, looking at the PC specs, I would estimate that I that, that a PC builder could probably put that computer together for around $800, give or take, which means that it would probably actually retail, like if you were to go buy one from Dell or Alienware or uh, you know, some other you know some other manufacturer that you know sells you know put together PCs, I would ballpark it be in the area of around nine nine hundred to a thousand dollars, which means that uh, I would. Ex- Expect the headset to cost between four hundred to five hundred dollars. Um, the current development uh, development kit two headset that's available costs three fifty. Mm. Um, now, typically, development kits cost more than the consumer products, so it would be weird for it to cost more than three fifty. But anything's possible at this point. Anyway, so the hardware um, they um, they were very you know they were very insistent on how light. The headset is um you know you can hold it very easily with one hand they say that it's you know like the insides covered with fabric and it's very light and it's very comfortable and they must have talked about how light the thing is like a dozen times mm-hmm. um the sensor that goes on your desk to watch the headset's movement um is extremely minimalistic it basically looks like a gloss black double a battery on a stick um very 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 tiny very um, non-intrusive huh very yes um and then um they uh, they have what they call a constellation pattern on the headset itself which hel- which helps the camera see the tracking movements and they call it a constellation because it basically is just a pattern of little white led dots mm. all over the headset so you know it looks kind of like a star constellation um and so they talked about that. Um, they talked about how uh, it has uh, virtual reality—not uh, virtual. Well, yes, it has virtual reality, but it has virtual surround sound uh, headsets. They said that the sound to them was just as important as the vision. And so they uh, they they spent a lot of time working on the um, on uh, getting the audio to be just as immersive as the visuals are. I appreciate that. Honestly. Yes, definitely. But um, if just in case you don't like it and want something out, the head, the little, the built in headsets are removable and you can plug in your own headphones if you show, if you so desire. Um, and then they uh, announced that uh, as we found out from Microsoft's brief briefing on uh, a couple days later, um, that uh, that the Oculus Rift would be bundled with an Xbox One wireless controller and a wireless receiver, so that you could use it with your PC. Um, so they you know they they talked about how the uh, the controller is um, you know it fits what they're trying to do, and you know they, they you know they had uh, Phil Spencer come out and you know they just kind of talked about the partnership a little bit there. Uh, later in the conference, though, hardware wise, they also um, teased. Well, they you know they they brought out the prototypes of what they're calling the Oculus touch controllers, which, mm-hmm. 
Well, I don't really know how to describe these things. They're they're two independent, separate controllers that you hold in your two hands, um, and it basically looks like I guess if you if if you took a like a PlayStation style controller, cut it in half, removed as much bulk as possible. So really, all you have left are the thumbsticks and some and some shoulder buttons and and uh, you know a couple face buttons, but then put rings around them. Um, to with the again a constellation pattern so that the camera can see where they are in real you know in space in relation to each other and everything. Um, that's what they look like. Um, you have to pull up pictures of this to really understand. They almost sure. look like what if you took the the PlayStation Move controllers, the ones that had the the tracking ball on the top, mm-hmm. and pulled the ball off and put thumbsticks there instead. And then put a ring that goes around your hand. Kind of, yeah, but they're a lot smaller. They're, they're, they're they are really compact, small. and everybody uh, yeah. said they were really comfortable at the show. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I, I hadn't gotten to reading impressions about them, so that that's good to know. Um, now, of, you know, the interesting thing about this, of course, is that um, because they each have their own tracking patterns on them, so that so that the camera can 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 track them individually of each other. You could be holding them out in front of you like a steering wheel, and of course, you know, so when you're like like you're rotating a steering wheel, it would be able to detect that. You could have one hand in front of the other, like if you're holding a gun, and it mm-hmm. would be able to see that and recognize that you're holding a gun. So, you know, coming up with this design of these two completely independent, non-attached controllers is real smart because that basically allows you the freedom to put your two hands wherever you want well, to and, replicate and any kind of movement. Part of the reason that they said they designed it this way and with the tracking lights on the front is because, and and when we got to try the the Gear VR unit that mm-hmm. uh, that we we talked about, uh, you know, a, a few months back. One of the one of the only awkward things about it was when you're looking around, everything looks and feels natural until you stick your hands out and look down and there's nothing there. Yeah. It does kind of tinker with your brain a little bit because you expect to see your hands there. Mm-hmm. These controllers, because they have tracking lights on the front, presumably um, the the designers of whatever game we're making it can give you hands because mm-hmm. the system can then track them. So it'll make the experience a little more... Um, I'm not even talking about immersion. It'll just make it feel a little less disorienting to be mm-hmm. able to put your hands in front of your face and track that motion. Absolutely. Um, they uh, So in addition to all the hardware announcements, they also talked about some of the games coming out for the platform. Um a trailer for Eve Valkyrie um, came out a couple. I want to say it was a couple months ago. Yeah. And um, but they re-showed that trailer um, at this press conference, and I don't care. I will watch that trailer again and again and again because it is. I want to play this game. It's beautiful. Um, so this is a um, a space sim. Um, you know, uh, kind of like when you know, Wing Commander X, uh, you know, X Wing style. And um, yeah, it's about it takes place in the Eve universe, and it's um, it's I mean, it's gorgeous. And um, considering that Starfighter incorporated uh, um, uh, Indiegogo game from mm-hmm. the makers of X Wing that I mentioned a couple episodes ago did not reach its funding, um, I'm uh, I'm hankering now for a space sim, and so uh, currently I'm looking at Eve Valkyrie to fill that void in my life. Um, uh, they they announced uh, several other games, um, but um, but Eve Valkyrie to me is the only one really really worth mentioning because it's uh, the others are are not even first person from the look of it. They're um you know they're just various. I don't really understand how they're virtual reality because they're all like third person. So I have to understand more about that. But uh, yep, for me right now it's all about Valkyrie. <clears throat> uh, bum, bum, bum. So um yeah so unfortunately uh, as I said uh, no release date or price. Um, they, 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 oh, they, and as, as we mentioned before, they did talk about the ability to stream your, uh, Xbox one games, uh, to your headset in a virtual living room strapped to your face. Um, if you wanted to do that. And, uh, but yeah, uh, at this point, everybody just really wants to know the price of this thing because, yeah. um, that, and, uh, 
and uh yeah and no and you know and when it's going to come out so yeah that would be nice i think everybody was expecting a little bit more of a turnout for virtual reality um people were definitely more impressed with the uh um you know the the microsoft hololens showings even though that's not virtual reality it's a different thing um Oculus had a little bit of a decent showing in, in regards to the applications that they could well, use. Morpheus had <laughs> nothing. Well, yeah. Well, well, more on that in a second. But the the the, the thing that um, I, I can't help but mention about uh, Oculus's press conference is um, apparently they did not take the lesson that every other press conference does. Every single press conference that you watch, um, the first couple rows are employees of that company because. <laughs> Um, you know, when they, when they, when they bring out the important thing that they're announcing and hold it up in the air, they're doing that. So people will clap and applause and cheer. And it's the people who are employees of that company that always get the applause going in the first place. This sure, is, sure, sure. Apple invented this trick. Like, like <laughs> n- that, that's not a joke. Uh, you know, you know, when press go there, they don't go there to cheer and clap. They go there to take notes and report. The, the cheering that you hear are from, you know, fans, like extra people that they brought in that are just fans of whatever that company is, and literally from employees sitting in the first few rows. That's that, that's that's a fact. Apple started this, and mm-hmm. so now everybody does it. Oculus did not get that memo. Um, they brought out the Oculus, and they held it up, and the room was just silent aside from the sound of cameras clicking. And it was awkward as all hell. That is not good. They, um, the, 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 and I mean, again, you know, the one thing I can say towards that is that the Oculus, um, you know, it's, it's not radically different than the development kits and prototypes we've been seeing thus far. So it's not like they held up something that we hadn't seen before. Sure. sure. Everybody's like, yep, that's the Oculus. Um, so that might've been part of it too, but, um, you know, for that to get no applause whatsoever, but then for there to actually be applause and cheering when Phil Spencer walks out on stage. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, that is just kind of awkward. Yeah, um, yeah. And then later when this this very, very excited man brought out these, um, you know, brought out the, uh, the, uh, the Oculus Touch prototype controllers. And he was like, yeah, come on, let's applause. Let's clap for these things. They're amazing. Woo! And everybody was like, okay, fine, stop yelling at us. And I mean, it was just so super awkward. Some of the smaller developer conferences had that too ea's definitely had some like weird crickety dry spots like that and um there were a couple spots during um um, square enixes that were a little bit like hmm you know but uh yeah i think that was a trend for the smaller people who aren't used to doing these conferences there's some some learning curves and uh, growth needed and yet bethesda killed it (laughs) crushed it yep but uh speaking of square that's uh that's last on our list and so aside from final fantasy what else did they have to show um, they, they had a better showing than I, I thought they would. Now, for people who don't keep up with E3 regularly, uh, Square's kind of used to do conferences pretty regularly. They always had products to talk about or what hype Final Fantasy. They haven't done one in a little bit. Um, for the uninitiated, Square Enix has really done a lot of damage to their public image in as many years. They did a lot to, they've done a lot in the last two years to really repair that. And they are still trying to be humble about the fact they started that conference by saying, before we get into the whole announcements and everything, we just want to say we hope that everybody notices the strides we've taken and the attempts we're making, and, and we really want everybody to just see how much we care and how much we are trying to change our ways. Like, they were repenting on stage. It was really odd. A little awkward, but I appreciate the hum- I appreciated the humble nature of it because they did seem like they really cared. Um, they, uh, they talked about a bunch of different things. Um, so the, they started out the show with uh, Just Cause 3, and then kind of went back to it later where they showed more of it. Um, it looks really cool. I liked Just Cause 2 a lot. The first one wasn't a very good game. The second one was really cool. Had some really, really crazy physics-related things that were uh, uncommon for their time. So I really appreciated them then. 
Um, and and uh, the sh- from what they showed, it's really impressive looking. Like as a, a piece of tech, it's neat. Um, I, I can just recommend that you go check out the video, the E3 presentation for it, because I think you'll you'll like what you saw. It was really exciting looking. Um, they're going to have that out on December 1st, uh, 2015 for Xbox One, PS4, uh, and PC. Um, so Crystal Dynamics came out and showed a cinematic trailer for uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider, which, you know, we saw during the Xbox One briefing, looked beautiful, kind of the same thing, it was kind of cool. Kind of cool. Um, the uh, They showed the exact same Final Fantasy VII Remake trailer, which was cool because people were still riding the high from the excitement of the announcement, but... Um, I think people were hoping that maybe they'd show a little something extra because it was the actual Square conference. The only difference was at the end of their uh, their teaser for it, they just said more uh, more information this holiday. So by the end of the year, we're supposed to have more information on the Final Fantasy VII Remake. The, the previously announced, um, sort of heartbreaking, what people thought was the announcement trailer for the remake <laughs> uh, version of the, uh, the, the PC port that's going to be coming over, um, they announced is going to be... Uh, uh, coming sometime this summer, and then they said there's also going to be an iOS version of Final Fantasy VII this winter, which I think that's kind of neat. The original, I presume. The original, yeah, 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 yeah the not the remake. Over, so that's kind of cool. Which I think is the only platform it's not on at this point. So. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, so uh, they, they also announced a uh, sort of world of Final Fantasy that they talked about during the Sony E3 uh, press conference. Uh, they they showed it once more. Uh, again, that's going to be PS4, PS Vita. Uh, and uh, and will release in 2016. That'll be on those systems first. That's the other thing. To be clear, people were not sure about the Final Fantasy VII Remake trailer uh, just being a PS4 exclusive. The impression that everybody got, and it, it was pretty much confirmed, is that that is going to be another timed exclusive where PlayStation gets it first. Um, <clears throat> IO Interactive revealed a gameplay trailer for uh, the new Hitman game. Um, they're just simply calling it Hitman, nothing else to it. Um I have always been one of those people fairly indifferent about uh, Hitman. This game actually looked like they put a lot of thought into it. The trailer and presentation was very slick and very uh, very nice, very sleek-looking game, and it looks like it has a ton of different ways to approach doing what you do in the game. Uh, it's going to be out on December 8th of this year. Um, Square Enix Montreal showed a, uh, a gameplay trailer for uh, the new Deus Ex Mankind Divided game. It's going to be out uh, early 2016 for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Uh, again, graphically, one of those really beautiful things. It looks like they put a, there's a lot of detail in the the world. The amount of stuff in the background and sort of rendered objects, kind of impressive. They break that down a little bit and talk about it. It looks neat. Um, so again, uh, early 2016 for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Um, and then the newly announced stuff that they put in there, a sequel to uh, Near. That's uh, N I E R for those of you who are not familiar. Uh, for Near was announced. Um, the director Yosuke Saito came out and. Uh, Talked about it. Platinum Games, who did Bayonetta and uh, Metal Gear Rising, they're handling the development of it, even though he's directing it. Um, he came out in this nightmare fuel-inducing mask, which was awkward and creepy. <laughs> and he talked through it, so I don't sound like he was talking through a fucking shoebox. <laughs> but it, it, you know, I get it. He's trying to be interesting, and maybe he's shy. I don't know, but it was weird and awkward and kind of didn't belong. Um, was he was he easier or harder to understand than Bane? He was comparable to Bane. <laughs> um, 
they they did talk. Uh, they did feature a whole like sort of brief section where they talked about their mobile gaming because, as we know, a few weeks back they announced they're going to be making a shift to focusing a lot on mobile. No, but I thought they repented and they were going back on their evil ways. They did say, well, yeah, they did. They did clarify that by saying, no, no, we still care about con- <laughs> we still care about console releases, but we're doing a. But uh, you know, they seem to. It's a trend right now. I don't think it's going to last forever, and I think it will always have a market share to some degree. But I don't think it will ever have the longevity that these seem to think it will. Um, so they talked about their mobile section, which I groaned when they got there, and then they showed uh, Tomb Raider Go. Um, I talked about Hitman Go months ago on the show. Really cool, stylized little board game version of Hitman that was actually better than I think the Hitman games themselves. Um, and this this uh, Tomb Raider Go game had a really stylized look, really neat looking game. I was actually pretty excited about it. I think it looked cool. Um, so if it comes off as well and as polished as Hitman Go, I'm into it. Um, so it's like a turn-based gameplay type thing. They're going to be doing it on phones and tablets. Um, they finally, finally showed gameplay footage for Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh, they, first they showed a, uh, a Kingdom Hearts game that was, um, that was going to be on uh, you know, the 3DS. And people were cheering for it until they saw the trailer. And then you could tell that there were a lot of pissed off people in the crowd. And then they smartly immediately followed it up with Kingdom Hearts 3 gameplay footage and redeemed it because people were a little frustrated. Um, And so those reactions were really nice. The gameplay looked really pretty. And uh, they talked to some of the people at Disney that are animators that are working on this game with them. Um, That seems like it's a very um, a lot more of an involved partnership between Square and uh, Square Enix and Disney than it was before. Disney seems more involved, and it shows. There's some really pretty stuff in that trailer. Yeah, because in the in the original games, it was pretty much like here's a license, go. Yeah, yeah, but not so much. They're actually partnering with Disney heavily to work on it, and uh, the animators that are coming in there, it it looks really pretty in spots. Some of the particle effects and were beautiful for like some of the uh, spells and magic effects and stuff like that. It was really cool. Nice. Um, Star Ocean Integrity and Faithlessness was uh, previously announced in Japan, but it's going to be getting released here in the North America and, the U- uh, and Europe in 2016 as a PS4 exclusive. Um, they showed a little bit of gameplay for that. Um, they are. They also announced a Final Fantasy portable app. Um, it, it, it kinda, I thought you said they were going back on their evil ways no, and they were repenting. No, they're going to rub portal. They're going to rub. They're going to rub portable game apps in your face, man. <laughs> they're just going to do it. They're going to do it. Um, so what were they? Never mind. <laughs> I know Final <laughs> Fantasy Portable app, um, which they said is going to act as almost like a. Um, it's like a. It's got a mini game attached to it, and uh, almost like a, a a treasury of information about the Final Fantasy series, which could be kind of interesting to some people. And uh, the they close the show by announcing that they have formed a brand new um, RPG studio specifically with the purpose of making new IP RPGs for Square Enix hmm. called the Tokyo RPG Factory. That's the name of the company. They had a really cool logo, too. It would look great on a T-shirt. looks like a rock band logo. I have a problem with it being called Factory because that just sounds like like they're just going to pump out stuff and just throw yeah. out the wall and see what sticks kind of a thing. You know what I mean? I don't know. Well, what they did was they showed uh, what they described to be um, sort of artwork from the game because it's like they just formed the studio, just brand new in development for this game, so new that they don't have any actual running anything for it. It's still in concept. Um, it's a new RPG uh, with the development title of Project Setsuna. Um, they said it will be released in 2016, so I'm wondering how much game they could possibly get just based on the concept art, but it was very pretty. It was almost watercolory. Um, that was it. They closed out their show. Um, they seemed like they're trying to be very humble. I appreciated their approach. The show was not always the most exciting. It was a little awkward, and some of their transitions were a little jarring. Um, still a better presentation uh, than Electronic Arts, in my opinion. 
Um, not as expensive looking of a presentation, <laughs> but definitely a more solid presentation in my opinion. Um, still had a better showing than Nintendo, unfortunately. All uh, right. That, that was it, man. That is, that is as much news as we could possibly uh, verbally regurgitate into your ear holes in such a, an extensive period of time. There was still even more yet that was announced on the showroom floor and things that people got hands on time with and got to play that we just, we didn't, that weren't announced. We just covered the press conferences themselves, but there's still so much more shit. There always is. Yep. And last but not least, it certainly wouldn't be an episode of Gamerhead radio without a little bit of goat in it. So here's our first goat remote from his warped tour journey. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and the other two guys that, and it's my shining face. It's goat. Uh, first goat remote of the Warped Tour. Uh, let's see what we're doing here today on site. Doing rehearsals, getting shit ready to go. Uh, tomorrow's the big day one show that's always a disaster. But hey, it'll get better. Uh, hope you guys are all having fun with E3. The news is pretty cool. Uh, I'm going to weigh in here real quick. Uh, fuck Final Fantasy VII. Doesn't need to be remade. Uh, it's Metroid. I'll take it. Not happy about it, but, you know, something, something. Uh, uh, let's see, Fallout 4. Yeah, okay. Um, and those are about the only ones that really hit home with me. I mean, obviously, Forza 6 is going to be pitching, and Fable Legends is going to be amazing, but I'm biased. So, that's about it for now. I will check in next week from who knows where in the damn country. You boys and girls and uh, two co-hosts there, have fun. And I'm sorry I had to ditch you in the worst week possible. I don't make my schedules, and and, and I, I, well, I, I thoroughly apologize for the ill-timed uh, departure. So later, get them, boys. He lives. Uh, it's very exciting. Well, uh, goat, glad to hear you're doing well. Uh, stay safe out there. It's uh, The road can be a rough mistress or something. So um, stay tuned for our next episode, which should be uh, recording this Sunday like usual and going up at uh, at its uh, the normal time should be uh, next Tuesday. Um, uh, once again, we'd like to thank Arcade Brewery for sponsoring us. Make sure that you keep your eyes open for um, Odyssey Hive available around the Chicagoland area. Uh, again, that's their American Pale Ale brewed with uh, honey and dry hopped with Amarillo hops. You can find it in uh, your local beer stores by the end of next week. And there's also two release parties happening at Go Tavern and The Chip Inn. Uh, earlier next week, uh, check out their Facebook page or their website for details. I'm definitely looking forward to finding this one uh, because uh, that, that sounds fantastic. But before you run off to Arcade Brewery's Facebook page, if you've liked what you heard, you can find us at GamerHeadRadio.com, at Facebook.com backslash GamerHeadRadio, at Google.com backslash plus GamerHeadRadio, and on Twitter at GamerHeadRadio, where I'm at T-E-K Charlie, Goat is at Sir Goatsworth, and John is at the Fallon Flynn. Email us at editors at GamerHeadRadio.com, or call in and leave us a message at 949-26-GAMER. Download the official GamerHead Radio app from Google Play on Android, or subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, YouTube, Twitch, or with your podcast downloader of choice thank you very much for listening once again stay tuned for our uh reactions episode e3 uh, the third of three of our yearly e3 trilogy that should be coming your way soon in the meantime this has been gamerhead radio <laughs> <laughs>